are listening to the Heavy Metal Hangover, where the beer is always cold and the music is always heavy. With your hosts wearing jeans and leather, not Cracker Jack clothes, Rex and Duff. Welcome to another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. My name is Duff. My name is Rex, I think. I God, I hope so, Duff. If not, I don't know what the hell's going on. But we are in a new year now. That's exciting. Not, you know, you and I have said a hundred times, though, that neither one of us are all like, new year, new me. No. Not in the least. I have the, I'm going to do everything exactly the same. You know? (laughs) Well, it's a calendar, man. You know, you 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 know what drives me nuts? It's like when, it's like when people are like, Oh, well, I better put my coat on. Today's the first day of winter. It's like, dude, it's 60 degrees outside. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Piehole. What is that? Some yeah, kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, because the earth is like, oh, crap, the calendar. You know? Just the, shut the your piehole. The, the snow schedule does not revolve around, you know, or does not revolve around the specific date on the calendar. Like, 1201, it starts snowing, you know? Come on, you dumb people. Um, no, I just, I don't do the whole New Year's thing. I just think it's. I'm not saying I don't celebrate New Year's. Fine. It's just an excuse to get slitzed. But the point I'm getting at is the whole. Oh well, the calendar changed, so therefore I'm a new person. It's a new year. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like things don't stop happening or change just because the calendar changes. Um, with okay, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, you're. Your health insurance might change the first of the year. You know, your your tax filing might change. But otherwise, dude, I, I don't know. I think it's stupid. Whatever. <clears throat> Whatever. Do what you want. Um it, it's well, okay. Are like are we allowed to are we allowed to bitch that no good albums have come out this year yet? Like are we allowed to are we allowed to bitch about that yet? I guess. I guess, right? It's been it, it's it's been uh, almost a week now, and no good records have come out. There, we bitched about it. I don't know, man. It's just weird. It's weird, I, but everything everything pisses me off anymore, man. You are I, you are a, you are quite the curmudgeon. I, I I mean, well, I mean, I've been a curmudgeon since I was like ten. You know, <laughs> like I'm like I was the you know I was the only like fifteen year old who was a pervert and a curmudgeon. You know what I mean, like. <laughs> Like I had, I had, I had an extensive, I had, I, I had, um, uh, I, I had like extensive like opinions on 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 uh, Nick Menza films when I was fifteen. You know, I was a con- I was a connoisseur of filth and a curmudgeon, and uh, you know, but it's just it's just gotten worse as I've gotten older. You know, um, I, I don't know whatever, but it, it, hey, it's a new year. Some people care about that. Some people get excited about it. I, it, as far as I'm concerned, whatever we're here. But we did take a week off last week. Um, not, I don't really think for any reason. I think we were yeah. both just. No, like, I mean, I, I actually was just getting over being sick again. Like I got, I got some sort of flu, and, um, I mean, basically the whole episode would have been like, yeah. Anyways, I uh, went to a, like, I mean, that would have been the whole episode. I mean, my sinuses get screwed up all winter, anyways, but. I mean, and let's be fair. Like the good news is, if you were doing that, 
like people would have known you were sick. Like if it was me, they would have thought I was doing blow the whole time. <laughs> they would have like, thought you were. They would have thought you were hitting rails. They're like, dude, did he just take another bump? Like, stop, man. Like, <laughs> you, you, you miss some. <laughs> you know, no, Duff's not doing toot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was not doing toot or blow or any of those kinds of things. You know. <laughs> oh, it's Duff. You know, not only was I not doing blow, but I wasn't pulling a Jim Morrison while I was recording either. Just so you know. <laughs> although, like, although, although, that's not to say you wouldn't given the opportunity. I'm, and I'm not saying I never did on radio. I'm saying I'm not here. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's too damn cold down here. I'm wearing a coat. What can I say? <laughs> I'm wearing a coat. Oh man, dude, can we talk about the fact that I am not a comic book reader, and I know you are, and I'm not. And can I talk about the fact that you just clued me in a couple of days ago? To the fact that on Judge Dredd, there is the League of Fatties, and I think it's the coolest thing in the entire world. <laughs> there really is. There is in, in the 2080 British comic books, there is a league there there is a a I don't know if you consider it a villain or what, but there's a league of fatties. So I'm gonna tie this into metal right after the apocalypse war that anthrax mentions in the song i am the law i'm the law you know like when the sove started the apocalypse war two issues after that storyline ended the league of fatties showed up because there wasn't enough food in mega city after the apocalypse war and they were getting upset that they couldn't <laughs> that they wanted more food because well they were fatties <laughs> Dude, it's I love the, 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 the cover of the one comic says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> this is fat fiction. Like, this is, dude, I swear to God. So, like, okay, anybody who's ever listened to this show for any length of time knows that Rex and I are both nerds, um, but kind of, you know, in separate ways, right? I mean, like, you play hockey. You, you know, people don't see you on the ice and be like, oh, yeah, well, that guy's probably a nerd. But, you know, you love comics and I, I don't know I guess like we're the we're not the kinds of nerds that you know live in their mom's basement wanting a sandwich and have where's their, my hot pocket mom like we're, we're not the kind of nerds that argue about where someone's waist actually is as an excuse to hike their pants up to their belly button right and like, unless it's me. dogs I still to this day want to know how a dog would wear pants I don't know either you ever see that but, meme no, I don't know. So the, the, the question is, how would a dog wear pants? Because they have four legs. Would a dog wear pants just on its hind legs where the waist would be around the middle section of the dog? Or would a dog wear pants where all four legs would be, you know, in, you know, pant legs and the pants would go straight horizontally across and around the dog? <laughs> there's always, there's a meme going, it's like, how would a dog wear pants? Um, I mean, I, I promise you, I've actually had the stereotypical lives with their mom nerds who are who were like 40 at the time arguing about where someone's waist is as to why they why they tuck their shirt in and have their pants all the way up right well anyway rex is definitely a comic book guy i'm not i like comics i actually really like comics i've always liked comics i just don't read them not no reason other than just i never collected them i never followed them so it's more like oh yeah right so it's more like um, I've read some really great graphic novels in my lifetime, but comics were just never anything I could, I could follow and keep up with and fine. But I'm a nerd who really, I mean, I have a D20 tattooed on my arm. Um, I'm a gamer. I really like a tabletop gamer, but I'm getting somewhere with this. 
I'm a big Warhammer guy. I don't play it very often, but I paint models and that sort of thing. Anyway, Rex shows me this Judge Dread League of Fatties and then tells me there are models for there's models for a tabletop war game of Judge Dread and there are models for the League of Fatties <laughs> knowing I have never and I will I will apologize You were complaining you needed something to paint. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I will apologize to the entire world that I've never read a Judge Dread comic in my life. I know I literally know the only thing I know about Judge Dread is what is in that song. I know absolutely nothing about Judge Dread. Not because I wouldn't like I would probably love it. Like if I was able to read the entire run of Judge Dread, I probably would. Probably be awesome. You know, but I don't know anything about it. Anyway, I see this thing with the League of Fat Dude. I instantly bought the models. I like, <laughs> said I, you needed something to paint, so I didn't even think twice about it. I just bought the damn models. Um it, it's it's an unfortunate thing where like, and I'm sorry, I'm gonna go nerd for a minute. I know this is a metal show, but whatever. Eat me. So <laughs> no the, pun intended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get it? So as we're talking about the League of Fatties. I said me. you can eat me. I didn't say they could because they actually would. The the thing is, like, man, if you're and this is not a plug for Games Workshop, but if you're a Games Workshop guy, you paint any of their models, their Warhammer stuff. When you try to work with models made by any of it's just it's just like Games Workshop is expensive, and I know that Warhammer is notoriously expensive, and they are, but the quality of the models they put out now, eh, it was a little iffy in the 90s, but the quality of stuff they put out is just crazy. So I'm used to working with those those kinds of models that are, that are you know, that good, that when I get these, I'm like, all right, like, they're cool, you know, but I'm like, ah, it's just, it's weird. It's weird for me to work with models that aren't, that aren't as good, so I can't guarantee great results. But I'm totally gonna paint the fatties because, you know, and the best part is, is the fatties are so fat they have little wheels under their stomachs. <laughs> they do. They have like and they have like, <laughs> like the one has like pots and pans and spatulas hanging off his hanging off one of his lard layers. Like it's. And the the one is like the one is a big fat woman and she's literally on the model she's eating fried chicken it like she's got like a chicken leg in her hand and she's taking a bite out of it. They're the coolest things I've ever seen. So Judge Dredd versus the fatties. I I, I it's funny cuz you know comic you know back in the day especially comics and metal used to go together so well so tightly. I mean like uh Scott Ian's a massive um He's a massive comic book fan. He in his book he talks about like he used to read Marvel comics like crazy. Um, Charlie's obviously a huge comic book fan. He he don't he did uh, when I'm the Law came out. They did um, a bunch of art around Judge Dredd. And Charlie did it all. And um, like for instance, the single I have, it's uh, the I'm the Law like 12 inch vinyl single. It actually unfolds and it's like ends up being like a, a 36 by 24 poster of Judge Dredd on one side. And then on the other side is every member of Anthrax like as a judge. So like, you know, they have the, the you know, the, and the way in Judge Dredd, for those of you who don't know, their badges all have their last name across it. So, you know, you got Scotty and, you know, and Charlie and Joey and, and Danny, uh, Danny Spitz and and Frankie all as like you know, Judge Dread judges. And it's just like the coolest thing ever. It's always been something I always wanted to get signed. Like I wanted every band member to like sign their like judge drawing. 
and then like eventually frame it in a gigantic frame and put it somewhere. But you know, it's just it's not it's one of those things where it's like whenever I've had an opportunity to get something signed by Anthrax, that's not what I have on me. But trust me when I say I mean it would it, I mean getting Danny right now would be impossible, but I mean pretty much impossible. But um, you know, pretty much all the other members you of Anthrax. Buy one of his four hundred thousand dollar watches. Maybe. Well, yeah. If I buy one of your four hundred thousand dollar watches, will you sign my Judge Dredd single? Um or my you know, I'm the law anthrax single. But I've always wanted to get that signed by all the members. Um I mean Charlie and Scott are pretty easy to get. Like they're always doing conventions and like they do horror conventions, they do comic conventions. Um Frankie was doing a book signing recently. Um and Joey isn't you know, if if you can if you're in the right place, he's easy to get too. Um, again, I've met it's just Joey one of those a couple things. of different times. I've met yeah, Joey a couple of, of different times. It's just one of those things, like I said, it's not easy to it's not it's something I've just never had on me. Um Bruce Dickinson's actually signing at a comic book store here in uh, Manhattan. Um he's signing at Midtown Comics downtown sometime later this month. Uh, he's releasing a comic book, so he's doing a comic book signing. I would go, you know, it's right around the time I, 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 I don't, or, you know, I would go, but it's like, I just don't want to wait in line for four hours to have Bruce Dickinson sign something. You know what I mean? So, you know what? That actually, okay. So, for the record, again, for anybody who's new to the show, um, hold on. Um, so, to anybody who's new to the show, one of the things we often do, and this gets people's panties in a bunch and whatever, um, is that we we often start the show and talk about stuff that has nothing to do with anything. And that's fine. It's, it's just a way that we get the conversation going. But in another respect, sometimes it's how we end up finding a topic to talk about. So even though the, the, a league of fatties has nothing to do with anything... This conversation led me down to you talking about getting um, something autographed by the guys in Anthrax. I have a question for you, and this is just – this is a completely opinion question that has nothing to do with much of anything other than it's related to music. I see this happen all the time, and I'm very curious your opinion about getting something autographed. L let me give you an example. Had we gone to the Armored Saint show, right? We we over the summer we were going to go see Armored Saint and Wasp. Huge fan of both bands. Was really excited. Um, was really really excited to go. And I had paid to get the um, the VIP pass for Armored Saint. First of all, it wasn't very expensive. You know, dude, VIP passes are sometimes like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. For Armored Saint, it was not expensive, and to be honest with you, you got a t-shirt with it, and I'm looking at it going, this is not much more than the t-shirt would cost at the show anyway, right? So it's totally worth it. But I'm thinking about things to bring and get them signed and blah, 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 blah. Here's my question to you. How do you feel about getting things signed, like an album? How do you feel about getting an album signed and having it autographed by people who weren't on it? I generally don't do that, and you know, I you know, and I'm not attacking anybody who does. I'm just curious your opinion. No, I mean I get it. You know, I do the same thing with comic books. To me, it's like the same thing as getting you know comic books. I did have one person sign a comic book. They weren't, they didn't draw, um, but the dude was cool, 
and he's like very well known for the character. Like it's not like he like drew it like he's he's associated with the character almost as much as the creator, so it didn't bother me that much. But and also I didn't want to be I was waiting in so I'll tell the whole story. So I was getting my spawn comic signed. Um I have I had a spawn trade paperback because I, I was got in line for Todd McFarlane, who's the creator of Spawn, and with him was Greg Capullo. And actually I'm gonna tie this into metal. He's a huge metalhead. He's a massive. He he always does signings. He's got his Black Label Society hat on, and I was actually seeing Anthrax, Slayer, and Megadeth that night. And I get in line. And Todd McFarlane, for you know, for those of you who don't know comic books, huge name in comic books. Like he re, he invented Venom. Uh, he create you know he created Venom. He he created Spawn. He was like a definitive artist in Spider Man. Not a comic book show. I'm just telling you, like he's a big deal. Like he's He's a rock star in the comic book world. So I get in line. I finally get up there and I see Greg Capullo's Venom, or not Venom, his Black Label Society hat. I literally ignore Todd McFarlane. I say, hey, Todd, thanks for signing this. And I start talking to Greg Capullo about like, oh, Black Label Society. That's awesome. Oh, I said, dude, I'm going to see uh, Anthrax, Megadeth and Slayer tonight. And he's like, oh, that's so cool. And I stand there and I'm completely ignoring Todd McFarlane, who, again, everybody is really there to meet him, not Greg Capullo. And eventually the guy, you know, the, the, the line people are like, Hey, you got to go. And Greg Capullo was like trying to talk to me like more about metal and stuff. But, um, anyway, so my, my whole point in that was he signed my book, even though he wasn't on that book, it didn't bother me because he was known for the character. And again, with, I, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say in a roundabout kind of way is autographs are a very personal thing. So, you know, if the bottom, like, let me put it this way: if I had, if I was getting everything, it, it, you know, I actually, you know, you, you sometimes have to gauge the person too. If you handed Bruce Dickinson a copy of the first Iron Maiden album, there's actually a chance he would look at you and say, "I wasn't even on this. Why am I signing this?" Because I've heard that's the kind of person he is. Well, Bruce is a dick. Well, and that's what I mean. I don't think I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any arguing. Excuse, let me let me put it this way: Bruce might not be a dick all the time, but he is notorious for being a dick at times. But that's what I mean. Like On he's stage. hell, dude. Well, he's I notorious for being a dick all the time. Like he's even as book signings, I've heard he's like a dick to people and stuff. Like. Uh, I've, Dude, I mean, I, it, I've heard I, it goes either way. I've heard some, you know, I, depending on, but that's what I'm saying, depending on the situation. If Well, re- real quick, I was going to throw this out. Like, yeah. you know how, like, Bruce Dickinson is notorious for when he flips out on fans on stage? Like, when he flips out on people in the crowd on stage? I saw that happen in person. I was in the front row. In, in, in 1999, when I saw... That was a year that you didn't go. It was when I saw Iron Maiden when Bruce first came back to Iron Maiden and um they hadn't put Brave New World out it was the it was the Ed Hunter tour where by the way real quick we'll get back to your story but it was the first Iron Maiden tour where they made the set list based on listeners like they had a poll online and listeners picked songs it was wild it, you know it was when it was when Bruce and Adrian first came back it was clearly their like warm up tour to get used to things before Brave New World came out anyway i saw Bruce go he just went ballistic on someone in the crowd like someone threw like threw a bottle up on stage or something and Bruce flipped out i'll never forget it he looks at him he's like 
he, he looks at the guy and he's like, I hope you die. I hope you die. And then at the end of the song, he's like, I want to correct myself. I don't hope, I don't hope you die. I hope you get hit by a semi truck. And like just flips the hell out. Like it is, I mean, to this day, I'll never forget watching Bruce flip out. Now he was completely in the right about what he did you know, at the time. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Just wanted to throw that out about Bruce Dickinson because that's an interesting story. But that, but that's my As point. Like, you know, sometimes you, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll, you'll have people who are cool about it and don't care. And, um, like for instance, I, I'll give another story about a comic. So I've had a lot more stuff from comic book sign than I sure. have, than I have music stuff just cause Usually, when you go to a comic book convention, there's a ton of people around, artists, and I don't, you know, I don't writers. Go to, I don't go to conventions. I've never been to one actually. But but, anyway. but my point is, you know, like there's artists, writers, like you know, there's going to be a lot of people around. My point is, so you go to that knowing that you're going to get stuff signed. So that's why I'm saying, like, I, I've had a lot more comic book stuff signed because you you go to a concert, you're not taking. Oh, I'm gonna. You might. But it's a lot harder to take a bunch of like records. You know, you might have a couple CD jackets or something in your pocket because that's what we used to do when we were in school or like high school and stuff. But point being is, you know, you go to a comic book convention, there's dozens of people there you get stuff signed by. So anyways, um, you know, like there's a kid behind me and he was like, you know, I I'm you know, we were waiting in line to get something signed by John Romita. And he was like, you know, I can't really afford any of his books because he all of his books were like. 1960s era books you know like they're expensive right, they're not right. they're not something like a, a, a like a kid who's like you know in his maybe early teens is going to be able to afford because he asked me he's like hey what are you getting signed and i show i had an amazing spider-man 39 which is a book from the you know 60s and he's like oh i can't afford that and, and i looked at the kid i'm like oh who cares dude you're getting something signed by a legend in the field so that's kind of how i feel like you know i you and i would get ticket stubs signed if you get a piece of paper like when it comes to getting albums and stuff signed for me, I'm a little bit of a stickler, meaning I'd kind of want the people who are on the album to sign it, but I'd also feel super awkward, like getting to that last person and being like, no, I don't want you to sign this and walking away because it would almost come out. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, see, that's why it's weird. Cause it's like, you know, do you have Rob sign your copy of master of puppets? Uh, no, or, absolutely I mean, not. What, whatever, whatever, you know. Um, you know. Another thing I would say is, do they have an existing piece of work? So if I knew I was going to an Anthrax signing, right? Well, they're a bad example because they go through guitarists like water. Um, if I, okay, if I, I'll say Metallica. Well, bring a Shadows Fall CD and have Jonathan sign a Shadows Fall CD or something. I don't even think he's I, in the band anymore. I don't know. I've probably got a. I've actually probably got a Shadows Fall or CD or two because they used to give them. God, we had so many copies of their albums when we worked in radio. There's probably still one around here. But anyway, go on. But I don't even know. If, anyways, I'll I'll say. By the uh, way, Brian in Shadows Fall is a super nice guy. And, and forget it if you forget it. I mean, if you're going to get a Megadeth, what are you gonna bring? <laughs> You'd have to bring Can thirty you, albums. Just like, look at the guy. Could you just sign the word guitar player? Could you just sign? <laughs> Can that? you just sign guitar player? Yeah. yeah no, dude, but I'm I not mean, learn, sorry, dude. I'm not going to learn your name. <laughs> I'll, I'll use I'll use Metallica as an example, just because they're they're a band with a semi. I mean, they're they're a band with a consistent lineup over a body of work, meaning like you know they've had different members, but they also have had releases with each member. So if I was going to a Metallica signing, yes, I would probably bring Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets, but I would also probably find something 
like modern like even if it was like a magazine to have rob sign because no i would not want him to sign my copy of ride the lightning or master of puppets but at the same time i would feel awkward walking up to him and just being like yeah i don't want your autograph and walking away you know what i mean like it's just i don't know maybe it's just some people and i'm not saying if, if you do that like hey rob i really respect what you've done but i'm here for the original guys i'm sure he would totally be like whatever you know, you know I'm just, I, I'll, I'll dry my eyes with hundred dollar bills, but um, you know, I, I same- remember like when I when I knew I was gonna meet Dio, I brought my last in line, and uh, I brought my last in line for example, for example, and I had Dio and um uh, um Jimmy Bain. I had Dio and Jimmy Bain sign it. I didn't have Simon Wright sign it, the drummer, because he wasn't on the record. I specifically brought something for him to sign. You know what I mean? Like I brought well, you something. Br- you, el- but I will say, didn't you bring like your VHS video? I yeah, I brought. So I brought the um the 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 Simon Wright VHS drum instructional video. Now I'll say this about what your example is, though, and, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just want to. I always believe in taking something to get signed, and again. Some people have this ability. Some people don't care. And, and I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. What you did there was something that the guy would see it and be like, wow, I haven't seen this in a long time. Yeah, I can actually one-up that. He said, I hate to ask you this, but what the hell is it? He goes, yeah. what is this and where did you get it? And I said, dude, it's that Starlix video you did when uh, Lock Up the Wolves came out. He looked at me and he was thinking for a second. He went, holy crap, I did that, didn't I? Like, not only was it a, I haven't seen this in a long time, it was a, I forgot he did it. And by the way, it wasn't like some random thing. It was it was a full-fledged, like, one-hour-long drum video that he put out that was sold in music stores, you know? Um, and, I, I, dude, I wasn't doing it for that factor. I did it because I watched it a million times. I learned every note of the whole thing. You know, I used to literally practice it. But that was, my, that was what I did. Um, and again, dude, this is not an I'm better than anybody else either. It was just, I consciously was like, I want the guys on last in line to sign last in line, but I want, now Now it is a little bit easier with someone like Simon Wright because- Well, you could have taken any one of a hundred things. You know, dude, I could have taken the, the ACDC albums he played on, you know, there were, like I could have, I could have brought an ACDC album that he played on. I mean, I, I could have brought. I mean, that's what, going back to my Metallica and example. Have him sign that and not have. I mean, I'm not going to have Dio's, you know, <laughs> Dio sign flip of the switch or, um, or, or, uh, or you know, whatever. Um, anyway, continue. But that's what I was saying. Like, you know, like if I was if I was going there, I would, you know, maybe I would bring for Rob the first Suicidal Tendencies album or. You know, and if I really, really wanted something like with everybody, I would bring their new album or like one of their newer records, like uh, Seventy Two Seasons. I, I would have to buy it, uh, well, which I would be painful, but still. But like, if you if you met if you were going like if you had, I mean, I, as a random example, um, you know what? Let me let me put this in let me put this in a, a thousand times easier example for you than Metallica. Let's pretend now. Now we have done this in our in our lives before, but. In a different setting altogether. What if you got like a VIP pass to meet Cannibal Corpse? Yeah, I've done right? that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we 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 both have. Um, you know, we were on their tour bus and all that sort of stuff. You actually, and you you brought a Monstrosity CD for yeah. for Corpse Grinder to sign. Yeah, I brought Monstrosity. Um, yeah, I brought Monstrosities. Like, uh, I'm like, looking, yeah, Millennium. What 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 the the thing is like? 
short of what their newest out al- their last two albums you can't bring anything that all those guys were on not all of them no i mean you could bring you know what i'm I saying mean, each each you know rob uh rob, you know the, each each guitar player has been on different albums at some point in their career well and it's like it's like dude the bleeding might be your favorite album of all time and if it is great it's an amazing album and you know it's like well you want paul to sign it you know you want alex to sign it um you know maybe someday you you go you go to a wee show and you get barnes to sign he would sign it barnes would sign it uh i i would be shocked if he doesn't uh, in, a, in a vip setting i'm not saying that barnes is the kind of guy you could bother you know when he's in a different setting, but at least if you were in a VIP setting, come on. If you handed him a copy of the the of the the bleeding, he would sign. He's proud of that record. He would sign it. But uh, someone's gonna be like, "Oh, you're wrong. No, you're wrong." Whatever. I'm I'm assuming here. But see, that would that would be that would just be um. A, well, I mean, I don't know. Like, do you bring do you bring a hate eternal record with you? Like, is 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 um to get Eric to sign that. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like that. Well, that's a like, thing. I, like, I, dude, I would if if I knew I was going to meet Eric Rutan, I would I would bring a copy of I Monarch by um uh by Haiti Tart. Dude, I love the album I Monarch. I am not a huge fan of of that band solely because they're a, a bit the blast beats start and they tend to not stop. Um, but being a huge fan of Derek Roddy as a drummer, like I really do, I love that album. Well, let me um, ask you another question. Yeah. This is interesting. This is there's no right answer well, to this, right? Let's I mean, let's say, for instance, you were going to meet Pat O'Brien. Would you bring a flamethrower <laughs> to have sign? I would. I would figure out. I would some. I would. If I, I would just hope if I was ever going to meet Pat O'Brien, which is funny because we have, um, but if I knew that I was going to meet Pat O'Brien, I would just hope that I bought the VIP tickets far enough in advance that I could somehow figure out how to get a flamethrower. Um. I would probably have to move to Florida to have him sign it there because I it, go, <laughs> I certainly couldn't bring it to the state of New York. Folks. Oh my God! I know what you'd have to have him sign. I you, uh, you'd have to have him sign this. I'm sending it to you. The Illustrated Manual of U.S. Portable Flamethrowers, dude. <laughs> that imagine is so imagine cool. handing him that to sign. I wonder if he would do it. <laughs> I wonder if he would do it. I wonder if you walked up to him and was like, hey, bro, I'm a big fan of flamethrowers myself. I own four. I'm a big fan of flamethrowers. <laughs> I, I, what was that? What was that old? I got I to gotta look up the actual way he, um, 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 hold on. How does he, how does he say it? Um, <laughs> okay, hold on. A, a, a great old George Carlin quote, quote, the very existence of flamethrowers proves that sometime, somewhere, someone said to themselves, you know what, I want to set those people over there on fire, but I'm just not going to get close enough to get the job done. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, um, God, well, no, but I mean, it's one of those things where, like, like you know, um, there, there's just, there's so many instances where, now, would, would, would I give someone a hard time? You know what I mean? Like if the dude next to me in line again, let's use the bleeding, right? Just just randomly speaking, let's use the bleeding. The guy next to you in line, he's got a copy of the bleeding. Would you look at him and be like, "Look, peckerhead, those guys aren't on their record." No. Like, what, what do you? No, I wouldn't. And you know what? I'm willing to bet you nobody in Cannibal Corpse would say a word about it. No, they wouldn't because they're the, they're the nicest guys. 
especially yeah. now. As, I mean, you know, Eric is a nice guy. They're they're all, Rob's a nice. They're all super nice guys. Well, not only that, but I mean, like at the same time, like what do you? I mean, like that's the thing. Like I and literally, I say this, and I I could see Bruce Dickinson saying something if you handed him a copy of The X Factor, or if you handed him a copy of Killers. I could see him saying, you know, I wasn't on this one, and he's just he. I would see him signing it anyways, but I could totally see him saying something like, I wasn't on this one, you know what I mean, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to. They're 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 a hard they're a hard one. Um, it, it's I, also I, especially hard when you're talking mega bands like that. Well, when I, I also when, again, again Metallica is another one. We're like I'm not saying Rob wouldn't do it, but I'm saying like you're talking mega bands, um, you know, and, and like with Rob, like dude, he probably signs fifty thousand autographs a day, where like he at this point probably doesn't even pay attention to it. Um, well, it's funny because actually I was watching videos the other day of. Uh, I saw, like, something came up on YouTube for some reason. It was Harrison Ford, and a bunch of people, like, crowded him. Because the thing is, like, you have to realize, with a lot of these movie stars and things like that, guys will just throw things at them to get signed, and they'll be on eBay within an hour. Of course. Um, like, when it, whenever, like, whenever, like, you find out, oh, Harrison Ford is staying at this hotel, you'll literally see guys with, like, backpacks full of crap trying to get them right. signed. And they'll, they'll, they'll get their thing signed, put it away, pull something else out and say, I didn't get your autograph yet. And they'll just try and get as many things as possible. But I, the reason I brought this up was because people were handing him guitar, like, pick guards, it's like, so off of a guitar. They're handing him baseballs, and he actually said, he's he's like, what is this? And when somebody handed him a pick guard, like, what is this? And, like, it's a guitar pick guard, and he's like, this doesn't have anything to do with me. Why are you having me sign this? He's like, you got baseballs, guitar stuff? He's like, I, he's like what does this have to do with me? Well, you, you know, know, then, you know it's, it's, it's famous, but, like, Dave Grohl does not sign autographs unless they're for charity. Yeah, I've read that, too. He And he but, actually and, said... And and he's the nice Dave Grohl's a super nice guy, but like every, Dave Grohl's one of those like no one has ever said a bad word about Dave Grohl. I don't I'm, look. I'm not a Foo Fighters fan. You know that's the thing. If Dave Grohl said to me, I'm not like the guy. If Dave Grohl said to me, I don't sign autographs because unless it's for charity, I would totally be like, I respect that. Like that's the thing. Think I and I understand why because and it's also you know because there's a couple different things here. First of all, if he has the reputation for not signing autographs, chances are people are gonna more likely to leave him alone. Meaning, if he's sitting there having dinner with his family, he's not gonna have some jag off come up to him and say, "Hey, can you sign my thing, or can you sign this, or can you sign this?" While he's trying to just have a meal with his family or whatever, you know what I mean? Well, um, and not only that, but then he also isn't under the pressure of having exactly what Harrison Ford had. All this crap shoved in his face that people are just going to go home and sell. Well, and that's, that, that's exactly what happens to him all the time. Yeah. And, the, and, and, then, and, and, and people use, they'll be like, oh, sign it for my kid. Or they'll have their kid run up and get it when the kid's just doing it so their dad can sell it. Like, it's, it's you know, I. Um, like, you know, the wait, thing is. I, I, you and I, I hate, have talked before about not buying. There are exceptions. But generally speaking, not buying pre-signed things online. I will buy an autograph on online if there is zero chance of me meeting the person, and it's sold by the person. Well, that's what I mean. So, like, for instance, I'm not going to buy a signed something. I bought a signed. I bought a pick from Sean. For, for Sean, Sean, you sold from White Zombie. She was selling them. 
So it wasn't like, oh, it's on eBay and I got this. No, no, like she actually on her online store was selling them. And I just wanted the pick because it was a uh, it was a it was a La Sexa Cristo era pick. It has like it's 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 cool. Yeah, it's cool. And I never got to see White Zombie because you and I got screwed out of seeing White Zombie, Um, which I'm still pissed about. I am, too. That's close to 30 years ago. I know. It was 28 years ago, and I'm still pissed about it. So the pick came. She put it on a she like tacked it onto a postcard and signed the postcard and sent it. I'm fine with that. Why? I'm never going to meet her because it's not she's not currently in any touring bands. I'm not going to like stalk her to like try to show up at like a place where she's going to be. Um and I'll and, and it was it was literally from her. Like she was she was literally like saying, "Oh, I found a whole bunch of memorabilia and I'm going to sell it because I, I she goes it's just extra stuff that I don't need." You know, she's like, "I don't need 30 She's like, I don't need 50 bass picks from 30 from a band that I haven't been in for 20 plus years, you know? So, so like, you know, so that's something I don't mind buying because it, you know, I, 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 don't, I have no problem with it. So that, that's what I'm saying. So like, I have no problem with buying that. I, I have, I have a autographed picture from the guy who played Darth Vader. It was literally, I purchased it from him, like literally on the statement, it said David Prowse as what the person it? I paid for it. He lived in England. Think- he wasn't. He didn't. He did not do international like shows anymore. Meaning he didn't travel outside of England anymore. So that's the only way I was going to get it. And sure enough, he died like three years later. I so, mean, and you and I have both pre-ordered albums. Yeah. That they're like with the pre-order, it comes autographed. Uh, didn't we? Didn't we just do that with? Um, what was it? The first KK Priest album came. Yeah, that the way, first right? KK's Priest album was. You know, you could order the regular one, or for an extra like five bucks, it was like autographed by KK I mean, dude, Downing. That, that's that's totally cool. Yeah. What I'm getting at is like. I'm not going to go online and no. buy a no. picture of Dave Grohl autographed by somebody. No, I, but that's the because thing. That's, like, because, again, I don't – look, man, we talked before that we don't like to support – we don't support scalpers. I don't like – I don't like autograph, you know, whatever. Whatever, so, the, whatever the word is. For those autograph people that, hounds, you know, I autograph guess, I hounds, know. whatever. But, like, well, the, I, the, I don't I, – I don't like resellers in general. And, and let me – you know – it's you and you have a here you have a huge problem with it too and 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 it's when something's limited release people show up they buy it up and they then sell it at a higher price look you and I have said a thousand times we're not anti-capitalism we're not like oh we're well, not saying people can't do this but what it does is it dissuades me from wanting to buy it yeah, at all. I, I won't I won't play that game I won't either. I mean, again, economically speaking, what they're doing is they're creating, they're 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 creating an artificial shortage, right? To it, it, to to be able to essentially sell it on a secondary market. Which anytime you hear the term black market, that literally just means a secondary market. When to sell it on a secondary market and jack the price way up. It happens and, with toys around Christmas. Like oh, there's always dude. that one hot toy that everybody can, everybody wants, and no one can get. Because, a Turbo Man. It's a Turbo Man. Yeah, it be, exactly. The whole movie Jingle All the Way is about this. And it's, by the way, an amazing why, movie. Well, an amazing. I, movie. I will say this though. That, and that by the way, Vinny's best friend is in that movie, which oh, yeah. is awesome. Well, dude, I, Vinny, I, you know, you know, our friend Vinny and uh, Sinbad have like met each other like a hundred times to where Sinbad knows who he is. You know, like I swear to God, him and Sinbad have met like a hundred times. Anyway, continue. What I was going to say, though, was Turbo Man's, you know, it, it's a little different because that was a shortage of product. It was it a legit shortage, shortage of product. Shortage. It wasn't like, like a better example would have been if somebody in that movie was like, 
oh, I've got like 50 Turbo Mans in my trunk of my car, and I'll sell you one for oh, oh, well, of course, three times like, retail. That's, a, that's an example of a Christmas, you know, um, you know, uh, which is, dude, and hey, look, man, I, uh, and if, look, if anybody out there like plays like Magic the Gathering, I played Disney Lorcana. Um, and the reason I played Disney Lorcana is I was able to catch it early. Like, if someone were to say to me, I want to start playing Magic the Gathering, I don't even know. I mean, and dude, coming from a place of ignorance, I, I only played Magic a little bit, and it was like 20 years ago. I, I just played it with some friends. They would always give me their decks. I never really knew that much about Magic the Gathering, but, dude, that's a game that's been around for 30 years or more. Like, it would be so hard to just start playing it today with, you know, even though you're using all new, you know, modern stuff, it's been around for so long. Like, people just, they think that way already. But with Disney Lorcana, it just started. It just came out in, like, August. You know, so I was like, cool, and it's a super fun game. But when it first came out, that's exactly what was happening. People were buying up every they would they were literally like, you know what happens, right? You get someone that works at a, a Barnes and Noble and a friend of theirs goes, Hey, when you let me know when you get your shipment of Lorcana boxes in, tell me, put them aside, I'll come in, I'll buy your entire shipment. And I'll I'll toss you you know I'll toss you some cash, and then they were taking them online and selling them for three or four times face value. So the that happens. part though is it lasted for about two or three months, and then the company started churning out tons of. I mean, dude, you saw them at Target all the time, right? So now there's all these scalpers that are stuck with product they can't sell. Well, which is and great. to tie it back to to music is right, um, you know it, the, people do it record store day. So you'll have the the rare release on record store day or something the limited release where you know and sometimes these records they only will be released on record store day. So there's a if, for those of you who don't know record store day there's two kinds of releases. There's record store day first, which means it's going to come out like on this record store day, but within the next year or two, you're going to see it at a retail level. The vinyl maybe will be a different color or something like that, whatever. But then there's record store day exclusives, which means this record's only going to be released on record store day, and it's not going to be re-put out. At least there's no plans to put it out again anytime in the future. So what people will do is they'll go and they'll buy all the record store day exclusive stuff, and then you'll see it listed online for two or three times well, like what 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 people you know paid for it or whatever. You know what bothers me even more than that? The fact that they're that they are listed on eBay for three or four times face value before record store day. Yeah, because these people now, know now they're not they're not being sold two or three days before record store day, but they're already listed at three or four times retail, and it's like, dude. The record store owner isn't going to do that because the record store owner isn't dumb enough because they know that if they're caught doing that, they won't ever get record store day stuff again. Like, they're real clear about that. But it is clear that someone else already knows in advance that they're going to be able to buy that store out of their stock. Drives, but I mean, I, that, that crap drives me nuts. So, I mean, but yeah, but I mean, that that's actually hurt a lot of collectors' hobbies. It, it's hurt, it's hurt it, toy it collecting, Lurkana. comic book collecting. Um, it hurt. It hurts record collecting in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and again, we're not. I'm not saying people can't do that. I'm saying that it it sucks because you know, people who want something just because they they're fans of it or like it um, aren't able to get it. And 
going back to the and whole it's being autograph by people who don't care about it at all. But but going back to the whole autograph thing, it's you know it's no different. Dave Grohl doesn't do it anymore, not because he doesn't appreciate his fans, not because he wants to be a jerk, but because so many people would have him sign their album or sign something and then they list it on ebay oh dave Grohl's autograph only 49.99 and you know for him it doesn't cost anything to sign it but he's like why should i be signing all this stuff so this guy can go and and sell it to my fans at five times what it's you know at literally like 500 percent profit or however i mean 100 percent profit because he just aside from the cost of the album he goes but that that's why he'll do it for charity because he's like well at least then i know the money's not just going to some guy who stood stood outside waiting for me but unfortunately the people who pay the price for that are the people whom like when we were 16 years old standing outside waiting for pantera we had scott ian and vinnie paul and rex and you know all these people sign our tickets and i still have that ticket and i still hold on to that memory so the unfortunate byproduct of the of like this whole culture of like but you know getting and selling and getting and selling has been that as fans we're now at a disadvantage because every single time you you hand somebody something to sign they're thinking to themselves like is this guy going to go home does this actually mean something to this person or are they going to go home and sell it on ebay as soon as they get home and i'm doing you know and i'm wasting my time signing these autographs just to make somebody else money you know like i will tell you when i saw um when i saw ted nugent last summer Right. And please, folks, everybody realize I'm just I'm just telling the truth of a story. Don't get down my don't 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 get up my ass for telling the story. But when I saw Ted Nugent over the summer, um, I have an uncle who is who introduced me to, to Ted Nugent's music when I was little. You know, we, we've both talked about growing up listening to that sort of thing. And and I had an uncle who was a guitar player, been a Ted Nugent fan since, you know, the Amboy Dukes and. You know, had got me listening to Ted Nugent at a young age. He's a huge fan. He's um, literally like his probably top three favorite guitar players of all time. And I went and saw Ted Nugent on his last tour, and I knew it was his retirement tour. You know, Ted said, it's not that I'll never play live again, but everybody knows that Ted Nugent hates touring. He hates touring. It's why he doesn't do a reunion with the, with the damn Yankees, because he doesn't want to tour. First of all, he doesn't drink, he doesn't party, he lives on a ranch, he doesn't want to stay in a hotel room. He doesn't. He hates it. So I'm like, all right. I get to the show, and they have autographed stuff there. Now, I will tell you, I walked up to the merch table to look at a t-shirt, and they had some stuff that you could buy that was autographed, and I asked them about it. They're like, you have to come back after the opening band because... We have to wait till Ted gets here and signs it. In other words, like whatever you got, whatever you bought signed was signed by him that day. You know, it's not like he signed it before the tour. Not that it matters. But anyway, I saw a flag, not like an American flag, but it was a flag, you know, like some guns thing or whatever. And Ted Nugent signed it. And I, I was like, wow, like my uncle, huge Ted Nugent fan. Um, but he was, you know, he was in the Marine Corps. He was a police officer. Like, I'm like, here's a guy who this would make his entire life if I got this for him, knowing that, you know, it was signed by Ted Nugent. And so I bought it. But the point was, like, I bought it from the merch table at his own damn concert. Like, 
that's good. I, it meant a lot to my uncle. Like he flipped out. He's like, oh my God, that's the coolest thing you've ever seen. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't cheap. But again, that goes into the whole like, there are there are times when an autograph thing is is super cool. I'm with you, man. I hold my my Ronnie James Dio autographed albums very dear to me. In fairness, I'm actually well. It's different with you because you're a you're a comic book guy. I'm not the world's biggest like autographed autographs person. It's been a good twenty years since I've really. I have gotten very few things signed in the last twenty years. I have met. A ton of bands at shows. I've gotten pictures with loads of bands at shows. and can't remember the last time I brought, I got an autograph from one. I really do. I don't remember the last time I had somebody in a band autograph something. Oh, let me think. It's been a long time. And again, I'm not better than it. It's just it's one of those like. Well, you know what the difference is between now and then? You didn't carry a camera around in your pocket all the time. That's true. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, now, I, I mean, personally, I would actually rather have a photograph because in my opinion, there's, first of all, nine times out of 10, people are more likely to take a photograph, at least in, in that situation. Like, again, if you're bothering somebody during dinner, they're going to be like, leave me the hell alone. But at a show, after a show, if you say, hey, can I get a picture? Most musicians who are, who are not like Metallica or that level will be like, yeah, sure. And they'll just lean over because, I mean, they've already been filmed and photographed a thousand times that night anyways. But, um, and in fairness, you paid to be there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you paid to be there. You know, you've, you know, you've done that transaction or whatever. But when we were teenagers, like you, you, you're, what, what did you have? You had those little point and shoot cameras and then you could get all the cam, you could get all the pictures back and realize that they all suck because you can't oh, see who dude, the hell's in the photographs. I, you know what I mean? I have a handful that just, the, the photos just didn't turn out. You know, I'm like, that sucks. You know, I do. I have a bunch that didn't turn out. And that, really so that's my point. It's like now, it's easier to say, hey, can I get a picture? Pull your phone out and you take a picture. Yeah, you're right. I don't care about getting things signed. Now, the anthrax thing with the judges, that would be cool because I consider that almost like an art piece. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's and not just like, oh, that's not just like, oh, I want, you know, and I did take my Anvil albums to get signed. But honestly, I was like, I don't really care about getting them signed. I was like, if I see them and I have them close to me, like if, I, if my car is in the parking lot and it's like 10 feet away from where Lips is standing, yeah, I'd have them sign it. Um, you know, you know, when we, we, when you and I were going to do the armored saint meet and greet before the show got canceled, I was like, I want to take my live album because I'm literally on the picture in, on the back right, of the album. Right. right. And, and for me, that would be like almost like a conversation piece. You well, know like, I mean? and like, I, like to me, I was like, okay, um, I was going to bring a copy of, um, uh, a pleasant shade of gray by fate's warning to have Joey Vera sign it. I mean, it's, yeah. It's one of my favorite albums of all time, and I mean he played bass on it. I mean I know because they were like you're only allowed to bring three things. I was like okay cool, I'll bring something. I'll bring something Armored Saint. Like I'll bring my favorite Armored Saint record, you know. But I I might just bring something just for Joey, um, which again I can't see them getting upset about. Um, you know I've I'm a huge Fate's Warning fan too. Well, they're um, they're a band though that's they would look at that and say like, oh, well, he's not just a fan of us; he's a fan of us individually as well as collectively. You know, what I mean, mean? like, so. dude, like, I would love to have John Bush sign um, my uh, my Sound of White Noise because it's, dude, we we both have said for thirty years it's one of our favorite albums of all time. It, it it's Sound of White Noise. If you take the first. Uh. 
Talk about an album that is not a perfect album solely because of their terrible decision of the first track. Oh, you mean like the intro to Potter's Field? One of the worst decisions ever made on a record is not making the the white noise a separate track because Potter's Field's one of the best songs on the album, and I hated listening to it on CD. Because, you know, dude, fast-forwarding on a CD sucks. You know what, actually, I did on my iTunes now? I, 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 you know, you can, you know how when you do, like, if you go into, like, the song's properties, you can say yeah. start at. Yeah. I start, I, I have the song start at the drums. I, I will um, tell you, man, all the years I had that on CD, I would literally skip track one, and that me sucks. Too. Because that is, Potter's Field is such a good song. Anyway, go on. I, no, I was going to say, I was agreeing with go you, off, like, yeah. Go off subject with that, but. But, I mean, like, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think now, you know, autographs, I don't think autograph. I'd be curious to know what, what, our, what our listeners think. Are autographs as prevalent, or or is it more now, like, taking a picture, taking a selfie with people? Um, you know, because the thing about it is, autographs to me, like, when I got stuff autographed, like, I have I have ton of stuff hanging on my wall. I have Cannibal Corpse, the entire band that was on The Bleeding, or it's not The Bleeding, I apologize, that was on... Gallery of Suicide and Bloodthirst. I have the entire band signed. I have it hanging on my wall. I have Dave Mustaine signed my copy of Countdown to Extinction. I have, you know, Corpse Grinder signed a copy of my Monstrosity album. Like, I have a bunch of stuff that's signed, but to me, and I, like I said, I have a ticket signed by Scott Ian and Vinnie Paul. None of that stuff would I, I mean, first of all, I don't think any of it's worth, I'll give you an example of something I have that is worth money. I have a copy of Amazing Spider-Man 39 signed by Stan Lee, and John Romita, the, the and I think both are dead now. Actually, I don't care. Like you know, my if if you know Dave Mustaine, and I, I'm not saying I hope that this happens. So believe me when I say I'm not saying I hope this happens. Dave Mustaine dies tomorrow. My thought is not going to be, wow, my my little my cop. You know, I got a copy of Countdown to Extinction. And he signed it. I bet you that's worth a ton of money now. My I'm going to look at that and say. Wow, I got to meet him, and like I have a little piece of that now. Why? Again, because I was at the time what we were what seventeen, eighteen years old. We didn't have cameras in our pockets, like, and I would have loved to have taken a picture with Dave Mustaine, but we didn't have that ability, like, at you know, just on us at all times. So that autograph is the only connection I have to that moment. You know what I mean? Like, you always have your memories and stuff like that, right? But at the same time, having something tangible. Yeah, but I mean, you know, a memento helps. is a memento. That's what it is. It's yeah. the whole, you know, it's a... First of all, I mean, it, it works as a Sentimentality. reminder, Sentimentality. Yeah, I mean, it, it works as a reminder, man. You know, I mean, having having Dimebag's autograph does not, does not change anything about my life. It doesn't change the fact that I met him. I'm never going to sell it. It's nothing like that. Or whatever. Um, any uh, Dime didn't sign because he was too drunk, but you get my point. Like having Vinnie Paul sign it is, you dude, you could sell you could sell that ticket with Vinnie Paul's autograph on it. I guarantee you, you could sell that. Guarantee you could make money, and that would just be stupid. Like why, you know what? The, the fifty bucks. I mean, I'm making that up. The fifty bucks you might get out of it, like nobody cares. Not to, but and, and it doesn't change. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. But on the other hand, it's just a it's a great memory, and I have this with me. I think it's fun. I, I again, I'm not a big autographed guy. Um, I have some autograph stuff, and I'm, I'm not saying I don't love a lot of the autograph stuff I have. And dude, like, are there things I would love to get autographed? 
Yes. If I went and saw Andrew Dice Clay, and I knew I was going to get an opportunity to have him sign my copy of The Dice Man Cometh on VHS, damn right I would think it would be awesome to get that autographed. Because I watched it a billion times in high school. There are some things, for sure, that would just be awesome to get autographed. But I'm also not someone who chases the autograph thing. But let me ask you a question. If it yeah. came down to it and you walked up to Dice and said, hey, can I get a picture or not and an autograph? And he said, well, one or the other. I'm not doing both. Which do one would you pick? I do the exactly. That's down. my point. I do the picture hands down because it's just like, what's cooler than a picture or whoever? I mean, whoever. Right. First of all, I, I, interesting. The picture's faster. The picture is less like it's it's faster it's and you're them. not going to go sell that picture on eBay. Well, it was like it was like when I saw Crowbar not long ago, I was I was standing like you know, um I was I was standing like 5 feet away from Kirk. I didn't bug him either way. I wasn't going to be like people were like, "Hey, can I get himself?" I didn't I didn't even ask. You know, he's a great guy. He's a cool dude. But I was just kind of like, dude, I you didn't don't hook up Winstein. I know. I was like, dude, I didn't bug him for the picture. Um, oh my god, I'm really disappointed in you. You know why? Because I could have said he got. Yeah, yeah. Dude, okay. you totally could have posted that on her Instagram. Said Winstein gets hooked up. I know, I know, and spell it wrong. And so um, you'd have to spell it right, wrong. Right, it's right. required. If you don't know what we're talking about on vulgar on vulgar videos, it says Winstein. Like they they his real name is Winstein, but they they spell it wrong, which makes it look like Winstein. On um, when they said you know Kirk you know he gets hooked up, um, but I, I actually didn't. And I, I, I the reason I didn't wasn't it was for no reason other than I'm like, hey, he's just hanging out. Like I normally I would at that time I I didn't ask him for the selfie. Um, I've got you know I've been to shows where I I walked out with a bunch of selfies, you know with with people. Like I mentioned, um, uh, uh, Brian Fair from the. Um, from uh, 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 Shadows Fall. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I've, walked out, I've walked out with pictures for the bunch of selfies, including some fat guy who kept photobombing me. Oh, yeah, that well, that, that fat prick needs to just go away. Um, <laughs> but, like, no, I mean, I've got pictures. I've got a picture with Paul uh, Bostaff. I've got a picture of, you know, uh, and like I said, I, I mentioned Brian from, from Shadows Fall. And I, dude, I don't even like Shadows Fall. But did I ever tell you what I said to him? What what I what I said to Brian? Um, I walked up to him, and he was he was hanging out when like I think it's when Exodus was playing. So first of all, he was hanging out in the crowd, right in the club. And I I walked up to him. I was like, Hey, Brian. And he's like, I was like, Hey, man. I've got a random question for you. And you have every right in the world to tell me I'm an idiot if I'm completely wrong. I'm like, but I used to do a heavy metal show on radio. Weren't you weren't you part of the McGathy radio promotions thing? And he looks at me, he's like, um, because I remember I was like, there was a woman named Dana, like, didn't he was like, yeah, she was and so he, you know, was talking to me about that. And I even looked at him, I was like, I wasn't trying to bug you. I was just trying to it was like it was driving me nuts all night because for some reason I thought that was like I thought you did that and couldn't remember. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't even have bugged him because I'm not really a big fan. You know, I respect Shadows Fall 
they're great musicians, and and even Brian's a super talented guy. Just not my kind of music. Um, I, I I did get a picture with him because after that I was like, oh man, hey, can I get a picture? Yeah, sure. Um, but that's the only re- only reason I even said anything to him was because it was actually bugging me because I couldn't remember. <laughs> I was like, why do I think he did that? Um, but you know, um, th- I don't know. There's 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 times when I get when I get loads of pictures and there's times when I don't, it's, and, and again, dude, this isn't about us or, you know, being better than anybody else. Dude, if you're, if you're a fan of something, man, being a fan of something is a, uh, is, is a, is a special, is a special relationship in a lot of ways. And what, what, what I mean by that is not, let me, let me also clarify. We've talked about the word fan before. You could say you're a fan of something because you could say you're a fan of a band that you heard a couple of times, and I'm not going to – you know, I'm a Metallica fan. I heard him a couple of times. I know I understand it. You know, I'm not going to give you a hard time. Like, cool. Your, your, your definition of fan and mine might be different, but that's different. But, like, when you're legitimately a really, really big – a big fan of something, I don't care what it is, whether it be a band, whether it be a hobby, whether it be a sports team, like, whatever it is, like, I understand that relationship. I understand being a huge fan of a sports team or what whatever whatever it is. It's a really cool thing. And anytime you can get some sort of personal connection to it, it's a really let's just be fair, it's a really special thing. Um I think in in some way that you and I, you know, are I don't I don't know privileged maybe, whatever the right word is that we played in bands we've been to a million shows and we did radio long enough to have met people that can we both say that the uh, the i don't know i don't want to say like it's it's the the it's worn off a bit um but admittedly you and i are are slightly less you know uh, meet, I'll put it this way. Meeting meeting someone in a band we really like now does not have the impact it did when we were teenagers. Meeting Scott Ian and Charlie in 1998 when we were sophomores in high school had a much bigger impact on me than the couple of times I met Joey Belladonna a couple of years ago. And I am as much of a fan of Joey Belladonna as I am Scott and Charlie. Because I'm a big Anthrax fan, like I'm, you know what I mean. Like, I remember that I met Joey. He was a nice guy. I'm glad I met him. And in fact, I actually had way more interaction with him. I actually sat and talked to him for a bit. But you know the the whatever you want to call it, the wow factor, it wears off a little bit. It's a little different when you're older, and it's a little different when it's happened to you more than once. Um, oh, you know what? Here's a question for you. All right, on that subject, to get off, get off the actual idea of autographs, what, in music anyway, okay, are there any musicians or bands or whatever that if you met them, I don't, I don't mean hang out with them, I don't mean sit and have drinks with them, I mean literally the, oh, hey man, what's up, dude, love your album, you know, big fan, okay, cool, could I get a picture and sign this? You know, that, that, that 15, 30 seconds, whatever. Are there anybody out there that you would legitimately be like, 
Like you you drive home and be like, "Oh my god." Like would you would you still get that giddy about it or like, you know, or freak out about it? I think it was the coolest thing in the entire world. Could that happen to you today? And if so, who would it be? Hmm. Because we, cause, dude, you are no less of a fan of music now than you were 30 years ago. There's you were no less of a fan. Yeah, when you're a kid it's a little different. Um like, it would have to be. It would. would it would literally. Like, I can't believe I did that. It would have to literally be somebody like Ozzy or like Angus Young. Like it would have to be somebody that's like, because 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 it it would Brian Johnson. Like it would have to be somebody. Yeah, I, I'd literally have to take a. You know, I wouldn't take a picture. I'd be like Brian. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to. I'm gonna take a quick video, and I just need you to go. Oh! <laughs> it's like it's like if I could meet Joe Pantoliano and get him to call me a hua, it would make my entire life. It's get like, it could, out, you, you hua. Could you just call me a hua like you're Ralph Cipperetto again? Um, <laughs> you'd do it too, I guarantee. Hey, she was a hua. Hey, she was a hua. <laughs> oh, um, greatest, greatest, greatest character on TV ever. Uh, maybe next to maybe next to Garak. <laughs> He's the greatest TV character. Anyway, can they, I'm just curious. Um, yeah, I mean, it would literally have to be somebody like that caliber. Like, you know, next level. Even Metallica, like, I'd be like, oh, cool, James Hetfield. Oh, cool, Lars. You know, like, uh, we've met Scott Ian. We've met, like, most, we've met almost, we met most of Anthony. I mean, between the two of us, I think we've probably met all of, all I'm of. trying to remember if I met Jonathan or not. I'm trying I to remember if I, I don't like. Think I've, I've been in the same I've room Shadowfall, as but. I've been in the same room as Frank, but I didn't talk to him. No, I've never met Frank. Like, I mean, I was at a concert and he was standing like a few people away from me, but I didn't like talk to him or bother him. Um, yeah, you know, like, like I said, it would have to be somebody like that level. Like, <laughs> I would say Gene Simmons, but I probably wouldn't be able to afford to get home after that. You know what? <laughs> can I can I say this though? Like, like Paul Stanley would be huge for me. Yeah, and, and I only I only say that because there's there's a better chance of him not being a dick than than Gene. He'd be like he'd be like Duff, I love you. <laughs> but no, no. Okay, let's be fair. Meeting, meeting. Actually, you know what? No, let me let me say this. Meeting any original member of Kiss would probably be a big deal for me. Um, like I'm going to see I'm going to see Ace Frehley. In a couple of weeks, you know, you or know what? Months, though, and I'm and I'm and I'm front row, but I still don't think I would like freak out about it. I still my don't. My biggest think problem, I, my biggest problem with Kiss is Keith. I, I'd be afraid it would be like a never meet your heroes situation, right? Where I've heard so many stories. And Paul, I haven't heard as much. I've heard so many stories of Ace being a douche and and Gene being a douche. That I'd be almost afraid to meet them because right now I'm thinking to myself, well, I've heard those stories, but I don't have any myself, and I really don't right. want to have one myself. Hey, hey, dude, do you think, like, how many years, for 30 years, well, not 30, for over 25 years, I'm still upset that I met Phil Anselmo? Yeah. Because my opinion of him would be drastically different, you know, like, he was a dick. For the rest of my life, he was a dick to us. Like, uh, Glenn Danzig was a complete douche on the phone. I hung up on him. I'm, by the way, dude, I'm not name dropping. I'm not cool. Whatever. That's not the point. 
that he was promoting an album that wasn't very big at the time. So he was even having like like our show. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. Uh, it, for, that's not my point. My point is though, like I agree when you have um, crappy experience. Like, come on, let's be fair. Like, if it was a if it was like le- a legitimate autograph signing situation. Gene would probably be really nice because he's a businessman. Well, man. he's a businessman. That's the thing. Like, if you paid the like three hundred dollars for the kiss, three hundred? Are you crazy? Like, three well, grand. But yeah, whatever. whatever. If you paid the astronomical amount for a kiss meet and greet, he's going to treat you like someone that just paid three thousand dollars to meet him. That's yeah. a lot different than you bump into him at the conven- at the gas station. You know, like oh sure, like sure that, yeah. you know what I mean. Like that. Th- those are going to be two different interactions. And look. I'm also not saying he is under any responsibility to be nice to anybody, to give anybody an autograph, to do a picture. I'm not saying he he is under any responsibility. I'm saying that I wouldn't want to put myself in a position to have a bad opinion of him, a personal bad opinion. Like, I can read all these stories online about what a jerk he is or whatever. I'd be like, you know, I wouldn't go out. I per, almost purposely wouldn't want to, like, approach him. You know what I mean? So... Right, right, but like somebody right. like you know, again, if you're talking about like a meet and greet situation, probably, again, it would have to like Brian Johnson, Angus Young, Ozzy, yeah, um, Getty um, Lee would be a big one for me. Getty, yeah, get. I mean, for well, you, Getty, Getty, Lee. Getty slash Alex. I mean, um, Getty and Alex Lifeson, because dude, they were in Rush, you know, like, and 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 by the way, Alice Cooper would be a big oh, one. Oh, that for would me. be that would definitely be a huge one for me. Um, you know, and hey, I, I've seen Getty and Alex both talk about. How like if they're at a restaurant and they're eating dinner and you walk up and be like, can I get an autograph? Like they're like, we're not upset or offended by it. We're like, if you're a, if you're a big enough fan to, to ask us, like we can give you 15 seconds of our life. You know, it's like and, and trust me, I understand there's always going to be situations. There's always going to be like, dude, I but you'd have right to now. pretend like you had no idea who Alex Lifeson was, dude. Yeah, dude, that video is so funny. If, if you've never seen the video, it's Getty and Alex are sitting in a restaurant, and the the waitress comes up to get Getty's autograph, and and you know Alex, they're like, oh my god, that's Getty. Oh my god, are you Getty Lee? Like Alex is doing that, and 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 Getty's like, you know, he's in the band too. She's like, oh, that's cute. You know, <laughs> like she doesn't believe him. Um, but actually, Alex says it all the time. He's like, because Getty has such a um an unforgettable. He's got a look. Alex kind of doesn't. No, he just ne- looks like a normal dude. Neil Peart certainly didn't. The the like two years that he was on his motorcycle, you know, because he did the Forrest Gump thing where instead of running, he was on his motorcycle. Um, when his when his wife died and his daughter died, he healed by getting on his motorcycle and just riding for a couple of years. And he said the entire time he was out on the road, he doesn't remember anyone ever recognizing him. Because let's be fair, Neil's about the most normal looking dude ever. He's shy and quiet. Like he would have sat there at a bar and got a beer and not said a word to anybody. And not only that, he would have sat in the darkest corner. Right. I mean, like like there's, um, but Getty and Alex are admittedly, you know, like, like if you were to go to, (laughs) if you were to go to a Toronto blue Jays game, you know, which Getty's going to be at, you know, I guarantee you, if you saw him, he would probably be like, "Yeah, man, that's cool." Um, so I would love meeting Getty. Alice Cooper's a huge one, um, but I think it's weird. It's weird. It's so weird from the perspective of like, why is that though? 
Is it because well, these guys are more I mean, the famous? Is it because they're more they're more distant because they're again more celebrity like? They're less they're they're more they're like a, less approachable or they're le- they're like I think um, it's that they've reached like legendary status. Right. Because they're not just the normal dude. Like yeah, even even the guys in Anthrax, like they're still you know You could run again, you could run into Scott Ian at the grocery store. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I mean that I think that's that's like what it boils down. Now, a guy like Alice Cooper, he is from what I understand, I've no, I don't know the guy personally. He is a he is an average dude. He's a like very a, average guy and supposedly yeah. a very nice one too. He goes golfing like it, whenever I remember when he toured in Erie. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was at the golfing. he went he went straight to the golf course. Like that's the first that's thing he tour. did was go he straight golfs. to the golf course. Um that's what he loves. So, you know, I, I mean like, you know, what, with Alice Cooper for me it's different though because again, he is he's one of those guys that's just he's a legend. Same with Ozzy, Tony Iommi, Ozzy, uh, uh, Alice Cooper, um, you know, Jimmy Page. I mean, Jimmy Page probably to some because he's like this. For me, it would be like I've ne- I've I've liked Led Zeppelin, but they've never been like one of my like core bands. Like they've always They're been one of those bands either. where I'm like, if yeah, I, I like, the, if, if I like, sorry, this this always pisses people off when I say this. If I liked the vocals, I would have probably been a much bigger Led Zeppelin fan. Yeah, I, for but me, that's it's just, just for me, it's a, it's a vocals thing. I, I I like Led Zeppelin. I'm not saying I don't, but I've never liked Robert Plant's vocals, and that was what's always kept them one step away from being a 70s band i really really love I, um, but the, you know for me they just were never a very important band like i like i like you know led zeppelin 4 or whatever you want to call it i like led zeppelin i like the i mean like the the first four albums i like them all i like houses of the holy you know i like you know physical i like all those albums but for me they were always just kind of like i like about, them but they're about, not like whoa albums let me ask you one they're not like Woval albums. And 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 I'm aware that he might be a dick, but let's pretend he's not a dick. Let's pretend he's not a dick. What about someone like Carrie King? Yeah, I mean, really. Let me, let me, let me explain like, why. Because no, he's not legendary Alice Cooper status, but in the world of metal, he's certainly on a whole other level of being famous and well-known, and huge influence on you as a guitar player. Yeah, I would know. Truthfully, truthfully, honestly, in some ways, but... You know, I'll be honest with you, he's not a huge influence on me as a guitar player, and and he used to... I used to consider him one, but that was before I really understood that Hanneman wrote almost everything that I liked. You know, I always considered... Because Carrie, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, and I, I know a lot of teenagers have this impression, because Carrie's the face of Slayer, they associate him with being Slayer. When in actuality, Jeff was the hero of of Slayer, and Carrie was the look. Carrie was the Sid Vicious of Slayer. He was the look. He was the attitude. Jeff was the brains, and Tom. For a lot of Tom was really the personality in a lot of ways. Or at least he became that way. I would honestly think I would feel more excited about meeting Tom Morea or even Dave Lombardo than I would Carrie King. Carrie King is actually probably last on my list of people that I would give a crap about meeting. Um, now, if you're talking about guitar tones, I've always liked Carrie King's guitar tone more than I've liked well, Hanneman's. I mean, I just meant like 
in a roundabout way, even if directly or indirectly, I know he was an influence on you. Um, but I also know you were a big Slayer fan. I mean, truthfully, I, I mean, like, if it, Tom, I would be excited. Dave Lombardo, I would be excited. Um, Carrie, I would be like, kind of like, oh, that's cool. I met Carrie Kang. You know, like, you know, do you want they, weird, I can tell you a weird one for me, but go on. You know what I think it is? I think it is the fact that a lot of the thrash metal guys, for as big as they are and as much money as they made, aside from Metallica, none of them are rock stars. Did you? By the way, I'll tell you what I loved. I loved that recently I saw a video. It was like at a Raiders game or whatever. I don't know. Deal with my lack of knowing anything about football. But, um, Kerry King is sitting in the in the in the um, in the seats, and you know how like. They'll they'll point out when celebrities are at games. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the announcers will point it out. They'll put it up on yeah. the big screen. They, so they do that. Like Carrie King is sitting there. Um, <laughs> um, 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 um. So Carrie King is sitting there, and they put it up on the screen, and they're like, "Oh, you know, Carrie King from Slayer," and everybody's cheering, and it's like, "Dude, Brian Slagle is sitting next to him." <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, "Can we be fair?" Probably more important than Kerry King ever was, in a in an indirect way. I understand, but it's like I just I gotta laugh because Brian Slagle is way more important than he is famous. Another guy I've been in the same room as, but never have talked to. Yeah, way I've actually way, talked to him online before than than famous. I talked to him online about hockey. Um, we we've, we exchanged like comments on one of his threads about uh, hockey. I asked him about the. Uh, He's a big Kings fan, so I was like, "In, in total fairness, there might not be a Metallica without Brian Slagle. Let's just oh, be no. fair. There, you know, him and Johnny Z, him and Johnny Z are as important to metal than damn near anybody that's in metal. I agree. Uh, I, I don't mean think metal that came starting in the '80s, thrash that sort of thing. It was certainly thrash metal, death metal would not exist without those two guys. But no one would recognize them. Um, I would actually love to meet Brian Slagle. I think he's a cool dude. Um, again, I wouldn't I, be riding home like calling everybody like, "Oh my God, I met Brian Slagle." Well, um, but the funny but thing is, if, when, if I met Brian Slagle, I would probably actually mostly. It's the same thing when when we met Cannibal Corpse. Like we all started talking about hockey, like as they were trying to watch the playoffs because the Sabers were in the playoffs when we met them. Um, and I, I remember like so like when if I met Brian Slagle, I'd probably talk. Same thing when I met the the comic book artist when I met. Um, uh, I <laughs> see. I just just talking about the guy and not Greg Capullo. Same thing. I, I met him at a comic book show and I started talking about metal. If I met Brian Slagle, I'd probably talk about ice hockey because he's a huge Kings fan. Um, so well, I mean that that's yeah, that's the thing too. When you meet celebrities, I found you know what we were talking about before. When you meet like especially guys in bands and stuff like that, I mean, how many people walk up to Scott Ian and they're like, "Oh, your guitar tone," or "Oh, your you know this album, all that album." If you watch or Charlie Benani, oh, you know this the drums on this album, all oh, that that album was great. Oh, you know Anthrax this, Anthrax that, oh blah blah blah, Pantera this, Pantera that. If you walk up to Charlie and you're like, dude, what's your favorite Simpsons episode? He's gonna notice. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, dude, did you did you see that new NECA figure they just released of of uh, of from the thing? Or oh, did you see the new Aliens like figure that NECA just put out? He's get his ears will perk up. You know what I mean? He's gonna say, whoa. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I will say this though. If I were to ever meet Scotty in again, I would have to make sure that I was sober. 
Oh, like, God. I would be really scared to meet Scotty in if I was intoxicated. Because if I was drunk, I'd walk up and be like, what's it like raising Dave Mustaine's kid? Which, dude, I feel horrible every time I say that. How's your because, wife and Dave's kid? Like, <laughs> Pearl seems like an amazing person. Scott is a great guy. And I hate that every time I see a picture of his kid, it's like, dude, that looks like Dave Mustaine's kid. Like, that's freaky. It's it's the red hair, and the kid even looks like Dave Mustaine. He has the scowl, like, everything about it. Like, it's just it's just wrong. It is it's, wrong. It's funny. But, but um, well, I wasn't going to say, though, it's like, you know, but that's the thing. Like, when you like like when you hand somebody something, like that Simon Wright video he handed him, yeah. it's unexpected, and it's a conversation. And you'll get, I think, in my opinion, you get better interactions with people when you do that sort of stuff versus the same questions Actually, or the same conversations they have day in and day out. Interestingly, I had Billy Milano say something like that to me. Um, who was, by the way, Billy Milano was a really nice guy to me when I met him. I had him sign a CD. He looked at me and goes, "Dude, for the record, I don't even own this." <laughs> I was like, yeah. "Really?" Now, for the record, haha, get it? No, I. It was something we got from the radio station, so it's not as if I was purposely bringing something obscure. It was just the only MOD release I had because we got it from the radio station. Whatever it was, I he was like, "Yeah, dude, I don't even own this." It's like he was like, "Congratulations, dude, I don't even own this one." You know, I was like, "Oh, well, I, you know, that was pretty cool." Any little things you, you know, you you remember. Um, but I mean, I'll, I'll still never forget our singer walking up to uh, to John Tardy in obituary and be like, "What does Dechar mean?" He's like, you know, it's when you're like, did you? Then you say something like, I don't know, I just say stuff. I just make stuff up while I'm going on. Um, Well, dude, I mean, on this subject, like, I'm going to be, you know, I I wasn't thinking about this at the time, but on the subject of meeting people, getting autographs, et cetera, et cetera, I am 99.5% positive I'm going to meet one of my favorite bands in the entire world in a couple of months. Like, I'm 99% positive I'm going to meet one of my favorite bands in a couple of months. Um, I am going to see King's X. I am driving to Harrisburg, which is 250 miles away. It's like a four and a half hour drive. But I am driving to Harrisburg to see King's X. Now, I have seen them before. I have met them before. But the thing is, King's X, they do autograph signings after every show. I shouldn't say every show because who knows? There's probably venues that don't allow. I, okay, fine. I realize there are probably situations where they can't, but King's X pretty much always sign stuff after shows. They'll take pictures with you. They'll sign stuff. I didn't know that last time, so I didn't bring anything to get signed. I did, however, get pictures with them. So this time... I am going to purposely bring something for the sole purpose of getting it signed. Now, I don't know how it's going to work where, like, if I could bring the outer sleeve to my OG copy of, like, Out of the Silent Planet, like, I would love to get that signed. But, dude, I've had that on vinyl since I was in high school and I've listened to it a billion times. Um, So I will get something signed because I know they're going to do signings. They just do it. Um, you know what stinks about that? What's that? Is the go-to thing was always getting your ticket stub signed, and you can't even do I that know. anymore. I know. 
I know we, it sucks. I mean, we used to we used to always say, well, if we'd have nothing else, we have the ticket stub, which was cool because in and of itself, that was cool. You know what I mean? Well, because it was individual. It was that day. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the only it's, time it's that ticket stub you're attaching. That, that yeah, I mean, but like that's that's something you had on you anyways, and it was something that was related to the band. It's not like you're saying here, sign this cocktail napkin. You know what I mean? Like it was, <laughs> it was cocktail napkin. I'm like, dude. All I heard was like, "Here, sign my cock." I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then go get it tattooed over. And then get it, get it tattooed. Um, yeah. Uh, well, but, but I mean, but, I mean, you but, know, like, if it was mine, all every member of the band could get. You know, there's room for every member of the band on mine. No. <laughs> One of the funniest things you ever said was that scene in Batman. I watched Batman the other day where the Joker pulls that giant gun, and I'll never forget when you posted a gif of that, and you're like, "When Duff goes to take a squirt." <laughs> he pulls that giant gun out of his pants, and you're like, "When Duff goes to take a squirt, that, that, that is probably one of the it is legitimately one of the funniest things I've ever said." That's right up um, there with "Call Me Hickory Farms." Oh yeah, oh for sure. for sure. We need to post that again. We need to just post that again, um, because dude, it was taken down because it was on the old show. Go ahead and post that. If you have that gift, post it. Put on. A- I'm not gonna <laughs> post. I'm not gonna post a. I'm not going to post a dick joke about you. Well, That's freaking weird, man. Like, um, here's Rex you? posting duff dick jokes. Come on, serious? Um, <laughs> can you? Um, the fact that you even asked me, hey, hey, Rex, can you post a, a dick joke about me is kind of weird in and of itself. No, can I post? Can I? I don't, dude. Well, I just meant because I don't like like posting. But <laughs> you can post dude, it on Facebook. I don't think you can post it on uh I don't think you can post it on Instagram though. Um, 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 yeah, that sucks. Why can't you post gifts on Instagram? That's stupid. You're, you can. There's a way to do it. I just don't know how. I'm, I'm yeah, not. I'm not that tech savvy anymore. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to derail your conversation. But no, like, no, I, <laughs> it's okay. I, no, I, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet them again, and I'm, and I'm super excited about it. Um, am I, am I like nervous? No. Am I freaking out about it? No. I just, I mean, I love, I love being like, dude, you know. But dude, let's be fair. Every fan that meets King's X, King's X is their favorite band. Like, every fan that meets, because no one else even knows who they are. You know what I mean? Like, King's X does not have people who like them. People don't like King's X. They have mega fans and the rest of the world who has no idea who they are. I I mean, let's, uh, no, I mean, I know Doug Pinnock is known for things, but, you know, King's X doesn't really have casual fans. Um they have, you know, obsessive ones. Um, anyway, I gotta figure out how to post a gift because if, if I can't do it on Instagram, that's just sad. That's I don't know. Sad. It's like, <clears throat> but like I said, I don't know. It's um, if uh, I don't know. It's I don't. Know, it's it's weird meeting meeting bands and stuff like that. Now is uh, it's and the thing is now. I think so many bands are doing meet and greets, paid meet and greets. It's it's a double-edged sword. Why? Because you can pay you can pay extra and know for a fact you're going to meet them, know for a fact you're going to get stuff signed, know for a fact you're going to get a photograph. On the other hand, I think it also you know, for kids or people who don't have the kind of money to do paid meet and greets, I think it sucks because I also think bands purposefully avoid the interactions like, uh, you know, walking to the tour bus or hanging out after the show because they know that people aren't going to pay for the meet and greets if they know they can just hang out after the show and meet them anyway. You know what I mean? 
So sure. I think I, I think it's a double-edged sword in a lot of ways with the paid meet and greets is for bands like Metallica and Slayer and Kiss and well, you know, Slayer doesn't exist anymore, but they did do meet and greets or, you know, even like Black Pantera, Black Label Society, stuff like that. You know, I, I guess like it's cool, um, you know, because you don't you, I mean, bands of that caliber are, again, not the types of bands you're going to bump into after a show. But bands like like, and the other thing that I is is like a band like Doyle. I mean, and I bring him up because he famously said, "I don't want to meet these freaking people, but I do it because I want the money." And that that and you have to understand, a lot of bands probably feel that way. But I, I always hated that Doyle said it because it's really just like offensive. And I don't mean offensive like the clutching my pearls offensive. I mean it like it's a dick move. Like if people pay to meet you. You don't be like, I don't want to meet you, but I want your money. Like if somebody's giving me, if somebody's say, Hey, um, you know, heavy metal hangover guys, I, I know you're going to be at this show. And by the way, we would never do a paid meet and greet. That would be hilariously inappropriate because nobody cares who we are. Let's say for instance, this show had 10 million listeners every month and we were, you know, one of the biggest heavy metal podcasts ever. And people were like, Hey, like, you know, I, I really would like, you know, can you do a meet and greet or whatever if you're going to be at this show? Um, you know, I would never, I, I just think it would be in bad taste to be like, well, I really don't want to meet these people. I just want to go through my thing, but I want their money to say it. You know what I mean? Like it, it's your, you know, that's one thing I will give Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and, and people like them credit for in terms of if you're taking somebody's money to spend time with you and i know where your mind's going with this uh, <laughs> if you're hey, accepting like said, someone's money hey, to spend time with you hey, it's your job to make them feel welcome <laughs> hey she was a whore <laughs> no but i mean it like if somebody's paying hundreds of dollars or even a hundred dollars however much you're you know to to like take a picture with you and get signed an autograph the thing i always give people like gene simmons and paul stanley credit for is they understand Somebody is paying me to be here, so it's my job to make sure that I make them feel like they got their money's worth. Not be like, signing your thing, scowl at the camera, and then be like, get out of here. Or, you know, just flat out say on social media, like, I have no interest in meeting you, but I do want your 20 bucks, or I do want your 60 bucks. Like, again, part of your job as a performer when you're charging for something is to put on a show for people. If you're sitting there eating a meal in private, you have no responsibility to be nice to anybody. You have no responsibility to take a photo. If someone is paying to meet you, in my opinion, you do have a responsibility to make that person feel like they are important. And to say flat out in the media, I have no interest in meeting these people. I'm only interested in their money shatters that. And in my opinion, that's no different than going up on stage being fall over drunk and not being able to play your songs, saying goodnight, everybody and walking off stage and not refunding money, people's money for their tickets. In my opinion, that's the same thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being oversensitive to this, but I just think it's a dick thing that when people appreciate, when people support you, you know, people give you their hard earned money and, and people, you know, go out of their way to pay extra to be like, screw you but thanks for the cash is just kind of a dick move in my opinion look again I'm, I'm not saying he can't say it I'm not saying he's not well within his rights to say it I'm not saying that everybody else cares 
But I'm just saying, like, I find it... Look, And I'm not saying that people shouldn't pay to meet Doyle. I'm just saying it's a dick move to charge for people and then basically say, screw you. Like, it's it's your job to put on a show and make it, make it be like, oh, I can't wait to meet all my fans. Like, that's, again, that's one thing I think is a lost art as well that social media has kind of destroyed. You know, there a lot of artists would be in their dressing rooms being like, I got to do this stupid press thing, and then... You know, there's radio people coming in and blah, 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 blah. And then as soon as you go out there, you're like, oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for coming and everything else like that. That's part of being a performer, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. Well, I mean, look, man, I it's musicians have forever hated do not all of them, but lots of musicians have forever hated doing press. You know, um, hated just hated doing press because press are idiots um oh dude and this is not related to music but do you know who one of the funniest people to watch in interviews are jeff hanneman no oh tommy lee jones oh probably no i mean watch interviews with him and i'm not even kidding he will he will seriously the interviewer will ask him a question like what was your favorite role to play and he'll look at him and be like whatever paid me the most and he'll be like <laughs> well, yeah why would he say otherwise and, and he'll be like and he'll be like and somebody will ask him like you know what did you bring from yourself into that character he's like it's a character in a movie i didn't bring any of myself but yeah it's hilarious he's just like a total like dick the entire time like he has no he he hates doing interviews and he hates answering questions especially like a personal question so he, whenever somebody asks him a personal question he's like nope not answering that but so you were talking about rock stars who hate doing press. It just reminded me. I was watching a bunch of interviews with him. I sent you a quote. <laughs> I sent you that article where, like, one time Tommy Lee Jones made an interviewer cry while cracking walnuts with his bare hands. <laughs> so he rules. Anyways, but yeah, you're right. A lot of musicians hate doing press. Um, well, I, mean, dude, but, no, but, I mean, I mean, Jeff Hanneman really hated. Well, but uh, he would he would just say because he hated having to do it because he he didn't like talking to. People. Well, that's, that's the, just, the same thing about Neil Peart. Neil just didn't. He wouldn't do it, but he just blatantly wouldn't. do I press. mean, there are it interviews was, with him that exist, but true. And ninety nine percent. Well, ever since like the eighties, there are interviews with him, but it's usually they're very select who does it, and they're normally like hour long. Interview, you know what I mean? It's not the typical. He wouldn't do normal interviews. He would do, you know, he would do like an hour long news show, you know, where they're having a a, a, a sit down, a frank discussion. Was, yeah, I mean, point being is it was very specific. Um, but, but I mean, like either way, like he you was know, freaked out by people. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, but it's it's uh, but that that was my point when I was saying earlier in terms of like. You know, when when people go up to like musicians and they always ask, them, "Oh, what's your favorite Anthrax song? What's your favorite song you've ever done? What's your favorite blah blah blah?" They have those answers canned, so they say it without even like, you know, thinking about it. And that's why when you ask them a question that comes out of left field, like you ask them that, like, "Hey, dude, you know, like, you know, what's your favorite Simpsons episode?" Or, "Hey, uh, you know, I uh, what what you know, what comics did you used to read growing up?" Or something like that where it, it demonstrates two things. First, it demonstrates that you know something about the person outside of just like, oh, you're in this band. Second, 
again, it's a, it's a question that they probably don't hear every day. Now, I'm not saying that you walk up and, oh, this is a question they've never heard before, but it breaks the monotony of, you know, oh, yeah, that's you're going to ask me about this. You're going to ask me about that. It breaks up and it, and it's something that you know that chances are they probably actually enjoy talking about. You know what I mean? Like they don't talk about it all the time, especially with new people. What when 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 you're talking to Charlie Banani or Scotty and you're probably talking about Pantera or Anthrax or Mr. Bungle or you know any one of the whatever or Jackson guitars or something. So, you know, he's he's he hears that all the time versus when you try to engage him in conversation about like Marvel comics or horror movies or you know if you're talking to Charlie and you talk to him about action figures or the Simpsons and I'm not saying that though those are the topics like those are the key topics you know blah 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 I'm just saying like those are two things that I know about each of them that they'd be like oh well that's something I don't get asked very often you know what I mean like what what well, heavy I mean, metal interviewer is asking me about the Simpsons you know what I mean I I loved when I when I interviewed Ray Alder from Fate's Warning like our the interview I did with him, which actually went really long. It was a longer interview than the typical ten minute. It was a long interview, and we stayed completely on subject. Like it was all about Fate's Warning, but I went outside. Now, now by today's standards with YouTube and all that stuff, this is not that weird, you know. But in those days, before YouTube and all that jazz, interviews with musicians like that were all the same. They were doing an interview on the radio to promote the new album, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, let's be fair. I was too young to really know that that was what it was supposed to be. And I was asking him questions that I remember he, we took a break. He's like, dude, thank you for asking me this stuff. He's like, it's refreshing. He's like, I'm so happy. First of all, that I'm being interviewed by someone who actually knows who we are. <laughs> you know, poor guy. Like he was, he wasn't even just being nice to me. It's because he's like, dude, I just did a bunch of interviews with people who don't know who we are. But I man, I was asking him stuff that he was happy to talk about it because it was the kind of stuff he doesn't get asked very often. You know, we were we were doing a deep dive into some of his and again, that's not what that was not what the interview was supposed to be. I just didn't know that. It was literally the second interview I ever did. The first was with Bobby Blitz, and that was the second. And it was like, but no point being like, even if it's on subject, even if it's on music. It's way more fun for them when they don't get asked the same questions a billion times, you know, like Metallica, there's, there's a, there's a dozen questions that they've been asked a billion times over the years that, you know, they just answer it constantly. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun in that it's fun in that, which is not the same thing as being like, okay, let's talk about the Simpsons. Um, but you know, I, I mean, how many, I've said this before, too, even though it's on music, like the number of musicians I would love to have come on our show to talk about whatever it is we're talking about. Example, we're doing a whatever. Let's just we're doing an album like ranking our favorite Dio albums in order, whatever, and having someone else having someone on the episode who's really into that sort of thing. Um, you know, what I mean, having a having. I, don't, I mean, I'm making this up. Well, no, like, like, have, like, if I was doing an episode on King's X, if I could have Charlie on the episode, that would be great. I would rather do an episode with Charlie Banani on King's X records than I would asking him the same questions about Anthrax that everybody's asked him. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you know, because he's an obnoxiously big King's X fan. Mm -hmm. 
Um, he just did an interview. He just interviewed them. <laughs> yeah. You know? Or doing a show about um, ACDC and having Scott Ian on there. Exactly. Or, or you know, what whatever whatever it is. Um, way more fun. You know, I mean, how much fun would it be to have a to do an, an ACDC episode with Scott Ian? Like, it would be great. Mm-hmm. I, he would clearly have no problem talking about it. The only problem is you'd be asking for like an hour and a half of their time as opposed to a couple of minutes. Um, but that, I mean, that would be super fun. It'd be super fun. You know, I, um, but again, that's, that, that's because you're not, you're not interviewing them as the guy in anthrax. You're interviewing them as a fan. You're not interviewing Scotty in to talk about anthrax. You're interviewing Scotty in about something he's a fan of. Like he likes talking about ACDC because he likes ACDC. Be like having, it'd be like having Getty Lee on and talking about baseball. We're not going to mention Rush. We're just going to talk about baseball. He's a huge baseball fan. I mean, I, I'm not saying, again, these are all made-up weird examples. Who knows if they'd want to do it, but that's besides the point. Um, uh, you hey, know, the thing is, know, I, I think some of them actually would. Um, um, hey, dude, I, I I mean, I mentioned this a long time ago. Like, like um, you know, we're, we both we both respect the hell out of, um, out of Sonia Anubis, who is engaged now, you know. <laughs> Congratulations! She looks she looks happy. Um, but the the point is, like, I would love to have her. I would love to have her on the show to talk about the just. Hey, can we? Kate, do you want to come on the show for an hour and we'll just talk about Rat? <laughs> well, that's the first time I've ever heard you mention her doing something for an hour, and it was come on the show. Well, I'm but kidding. No, I'm, I'm uh, kidding. All joking I'm aside, kidding. no, no, I know. But like, like, dude, she would be awesome to have on the show. We're like, hey, we're gonna do an entire episode about our favorite Rat and Dawkin albums. Do you want or like, dude? We're just gonna talk about, um, I don't know, uh, invasion. We're gonna do an entire. We're gonna do an hour long episode on invasion of your privacy, the record. Clearly, um, with, like, like, dude, that would be great. Why? I only say this. I use her as an example because she's hardly a celebrity. You want to come on the show for an hour? Oh, here goes Duff. Oh, wait, come on the show. I thought you said something else for an hour. No, but uh, seriously though, like, 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 because. She's not a celebrity. She's not like this huge celebrity, but she's a huge fan of that record. That's just a random example. But I would rather have her on the show talk about that than than I mean that would be unfair to her to no, not but talk about her well, new album but coming the thing out or whatever. Is you, but, you, you, you do both. You know what I mean? Like you say, like, oh, you've got a new album coming out, but what we're really here to talk about today, you know, and then you you plug the album and stuff like that. You know, celebrities do that all the time on talk shows um and i feel like sometimes in music it doesn't happen as often with like metal publications and stuff because i feel like they get hung up on you know like corpse grinder for instance how much did he blow up when that target video came out like everybody was talking about corpse grinder. His career what's that Probably one of the most important things ever happened in his career. Yeah, I mean, like that tar- like everybody that Target video came out and everybody's like suddenly talking about Corpse Grinder and his clearance shopping and his- and he started talking about it on stage. Like that in my opinion, I don't want to say that was one of the first, but that was one of the ones I remember the most of of like what we always talk about breaking kayfabe or whatever. Yeah. You know, that was one of the ones I remember the most where you and I knew it because we've met him before, and I'm sure dozens and hundreds of thousands of people have met him before and knew it. 
but it was one of the first where where like there was a video and it was about that. It was about the fact that he's a normal dude, about he's a family guy, about how he's, you know, he's he's just a a geek. And, and I mean that in a, like the most endearing way. I'm not I'm not I mean obviously I'm a geek. I'm literally building a 4000 piece Lego bat cave right now uh in in my den. Um that's what I've been doing like, you know, I, I was sick in between Christmas and New Year's, and ever since then, I've been doing that to relax. Um, Corpse Grinder posted a picture of he got the Lego Home Alone house, which I think you have. Um, yep. You I, know, I, I tagged him in the photo. Yeah. He got the, he got I took the a Lego. and tagged him, and he liked it. Yeah. You got the Lego. He got the Lego Home Alone house. And, like, I think, like, that's the sort of thing where, you know, that's what I mean. Like when, when I say like, you know, people, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's, I lost my train of thought it's a little connecting bit. On but, a different level. It's connecting on, I'll put it this way. It's connecting on their interests. Yeah. And I think that makes it more fun because like I said, when you, when you sit there and it, like, if somebody was to interview me about this show, I'd be like, you know, I like, obviously we do the show every, almost every week. You know, we, we put a lot of time into it. We've been doing it for a long time. Well, and But at the same time, I'm like, I don't really want to talk about it because that's kind of what the show is, is us talking well, about, you know, but if, but if somebody was to be like, oh, I'm having Rex on who's the host of the heavy metal hangover and I'm having him on because he, well, I just related to music because he's a big, uh, I don't know, I'll think of something here. You know, he likes, well, you know, actually I can, I can give a, I can give a relevant example and I will not even say what it is because I, I'm not, I'm not promoting something I did, but I recently did a YouTube video, like a live stream YouTube video that I'm going to start doing every week with a friend of mine on his YouTube channel. I do not mention this show at all. For the record, I don't mention the heavy metal hangover at all. I don't use my heavy metal hangover name, and I am not going to use the heavy metal hangover as a way to mention that. I'm not. So let's just get that in the clear that this is not a promotional thing. Dude, the entire show was about the Sopranos. Why? Because I'm a huge fan of the Sopranos. You know, my buddy was like, hey, man, I need someone who really likes the Sopranos. Would you do it? As opposed to the guy on the heavy metal hangover. Would, would you talk about the heavy metal hangover? And it's not even about music. Not only is it not about my show, but it's not about music. Hey, she was a hua. Hey, she was a hua. Basically, the whole thing is he's never seen The Sopranos. He's watching it for the first time. And he's like, dude, how cool would it be? Like, I watch a couple episodes, then we do when we then we film, and like you talk about like I'll talk about my first impressions and you seeing a million like cool. That is way more fun to me than if someone were to say, I want to ask you about the heavy metal hangover. And it's even more fun than someone saying, I want to talk to you about metal. Because I'm like, dude, I do that on the show. Mm -hmm. It's fun to do something else. Now, I would do videos. I would do a video with him or somebody else about like music that is not a part of this show. That would be totally different. Mm -hmm. But my, my, my point, I'm not even saying what it is. That's not the point. You probably, unless you already know, you, you won't find it by looking it up because there's a million shows about this brand. Um, but even me, and dude, we're not, we're not famous. 
And let's be fair, not that many people talk to us about our show. Um, it's not like I, I, I we don't go anywhere and have people like, oh my god, you're the because no one cares, right? <laughs> I, I don't I don't think anybody that even is a fan of the show. I don't think anybody's a fan of the show. But I think if anybody were to consider themselves a fan of the show, I don't think anybody would be like, oh, my God, you're you're duff. They would just be like, oh, God, you're fat. You know what I mean? No, you're that guy. Dude, you, you're you, that guy who yeah. can't shut up. <laughs> like, oh, Dude, do you remember? Do you remember? This is straight up true. This is really early on. Now, mind you. We, if you count the first season, quote unquote, of the episodes that we took down that no longer exist, and again, we're not telling the story again, we have done well over 300 episodes at this point. Because we're, 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 this is like close to episode 60. We took down about 250, give or take. We have done more than 300 episodes of this show. So I don't remember when it was, but it was early on in the show. Do you remember, like, we, we, put up a, a picture and it was like pictures of us and someone was like made some comment like you guys wow you guys I guess you guys look different than I thought and we were like what do you mean we're, what do you mean we didn't think we were fat and ugly <laughs> like, do you remember, I don't remember what he said but it was just something like oh you know it's kind of like oh I thought you wouldn't be ugly but <laughs> it's just you know I mean come on dude we're not we're not cool um, we'll, we will never be Sir Eddie Trunk. We will just not be. We, 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 we will never be that cool, you know, nor will we ever be that big of a douchebag. But, yeah, it's weird. It's weird, man. I, this is an odd conversation all coming from whether or not we'd want to get something autographed. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's cool. Like, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm, I'm I, I will put it this way. I'll put it this way. I mentioned King's X earlier. I'm a thousand times more excited about seeing King's X live than meeting them again. Given the choice between the two, go go to an autograph signing of, of, of King's X and get to meet him and get pictures and get an autograph versus go see them live, I'll pick going seeing them live. It's not just because I've met them before. It's because I'm just a huge fan of them. I'm just a huge fan. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, there are very few bands I would drive four hours to see. I'm doing it with King's X because they don't tour very much. They just don't tour very much. They play a couple of dates, and then months later, they might play a couple more. Doug is like 73. I think he's 73 years old. Jerry Gaskill is younger than him, but he's had, you know, he's had um, you know, heart surgeries over the years and stuff like that where, hey, man, King's X is playing, and I can physically get there. I'm going to go because there are not going to be that many opportunities anymore. Um but, yeah, it's weird. I mean, certainly, again, I'm excited about going. I'm going to bring the sleeve to um, to Out of the Silent Planet, and I will also bring uh, one of my cassettes or CDs, you know, uh, the sleeve and put it in my pocket. That way I know I have something. But, yeah, it's weird. Just a weird thing. Um, I, I, would, I would be curious, though. Again, I, we, I, I'm being very careful to try to make the point that we are not, we are not like cool or better than anybody else. We we approach this show as fans, and that's all we are. We are just fans. We are just fans. Like any, we are fans of metal. Like anybody who listens to the show, we are just fans of metal. We are just fans of metal that have had some cool experiences over the years where 
because we've been listening to metal actively for so long and because we played in bands and used to do radio, we have probably had more opportunities than a lot of people to meet bands, whatever. That, that's, that's just not because we're cool, not because we're important. We've just had some cool experiences and some cool you know, um, times to do that. And trust me, this was 20 years ago, the last time we really had those. Um, this podcast does not get us cool opportunities to meet people. It just doesn't. <laughs> but no, it doesn't. It just doesn't. Well, like, I, I, I will say this. It, it, I've met cool people who listen to the show. Yeah, me too. But not uh, not like celebrities or anything. What I mean, like our old radio show would get us press passes to things. This show doesn't. I've never been offered a free ticket to anything because of this show. I don't want it. That's not the point. The, 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 the only point I'm getting at is I am aware, though, that it does exist, that we have done this more often than some people, and maybe that is why the shock value wears off a little bit, but... I, it might just be because we're older. Um, it just it it takes a lot for me to be, you know, starstruck. That shock value it takes a little bit more, but I really do. I don't think it's just because we've done it. I think it's just age. I think it's just age. You know, um, I think it's just. I mean, may, maybe, maybe, maybe it's because look, I met Dio, and after 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 meeting Dio. And Halford, I was kind of like, it's all, like, who really is on that level? Like, Steve Harris? Like, I don't know. There's not many people that are on. I've never met Steve Harris. Um, do have one of his wristbands, uh, one of his sweatbands um, that I caught when I saw him live the first time. But, so maybe that's why. Maybe that's why, you know, I'm desensitized or something. I'm, I'm not sure. But I'd just be, I'd be curious about other people. Like, other people that are... You know, at least in their 30s. And the only reason I say that is I'm trying to figure out how much of it is just an age thing. I would be curious, but our listeners, people that, again, well, we don't have very many, like, really young listeners. They're mostly people our, our age. But just, and it's simply because of the fact that we talk mainly about music from the late 70s through 80s to early 90s. That's most of the, most of the stuff we talk about, which would put people in their 40s and 50s, most likely as the target market of this show. Mostly men. Again, I know we have a couple of female listeners, but we pay them. Uh, <laughs> we pay them to pretend they listen to the show. But I don't know. I would just be curious. I would be totally curious. Um, just who... Do you want to know what's weird one for me? Do you want to know what, like, mega name in metal that I am, a, um, I am an obnoxiously big fan of, but I'm not entirely sure I would be terribly starstruck about seeing this is weird but i've thought about it like king diamond right is like is it, it, come on dude he's king diamond is heavy metal royalty in my book haha <laughs> get it but no pun intended he's heavy metal royalty to me he's one of the biggest ever in metal in my world and i'm a huge fan the thing about king diamond is i know the guy is such just a metal fan that Part of me thinks if I met King Diamond, it would be more like meeting another metal. <laughs> is that weird? I don't know. I kind of think of like, oh, dude, King Diamond, like you're awesome. Like, dude, can we just talk about metal for a little while? I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Um, I mean, I think of, uh, um, I think of what's her name in Crypta when she met 
when she met King Diamond, but she's got his face tattooed on her leg. You know, it's a it's a different thing when you're like, you know, hey man, I've got like you know, Angus. You mentioned Angus Young earlier. I have Angus Young tattooed on my arm. So yeah, okay, I, that would probably that'd be very cool. Not that he's never seen a billion people with, um, with with ACDC tattoos or whatever. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I, I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about anymore. It's it's kind of stupid. But <laughs> I don't even know what the I, I don't I, well, I don't. I don't have a damn clue um other than but can okay, let me ask you one more question on this subject and then we're probably going to probably going to get out of here. How much do you think social media has lowered the excitement about meeting slash autograph slash whatever. Like I said, part of it might be because I've met a lot of bands. Part of it might be because I'm a little bit older. But I wonder if the fact that social media for for lots of bands, maybe everybody except the celebrity bands, right? Your ACDCs or Metallica. I'll put it this way. Outside of the bands that are going to be on TMZ, you know, yeah, the paparazzi will follow. So outside of the Metallicas and the Aussies, ACDCs, whatever. Is, is it just because social media has made these people so much more regular guys that, that does does that reduce it a little bit? Um, I don't know. Well, I think I think social media plays a part because there are people who are only and I'm using this term loosely famous because of social media now. Guys like Jared Dines, um, a lot of those like YouTube right. guitar guys, like even Glenn I mean, Fricker. Glenn Fricker Does from the chug? yeah I know from from the you know Spectre stu- you know sound and everything like that. Um, I, I mean I don't consider them celebrities, but you know they have a big audience like as much as some of these bands do. Um, and you know, well, dude, I I literally saw, um, I saw uh, Zach Wild talks about Ola England. Yeah, you know he calls you know he talks about Ola. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I just he, recently saw an interview where he was talking about Ola. I was like, yeah, blah, blah, and it's like, well, yeah, because Zach dude, Wilde used some of his videos to learn how to play Pantera's songs. I mean, look at look at Ola from the from this perspective, dude. I am not putting down what he's done as a guitar player. He played in, I think, at the gates. He played in, I know he played in Six Feet Under. He was an accomplished guitar player. He was not a household that, name. In bands that aren't famous, in bands that, dude. Loads of people have played in Six Feet Under. Other than the guys that other called than, the cops on their own meth lab have played in right. Six Feet Under. <laughs> but none of none of them are famous. And Ola, because of his YouTube channel, has custom amps. Like he has he has his own guitar like, company. He, 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 well, yeah, but I mean, he has like signature Randall. Like he is. It's crazy how famous Ola England is. Ola England is more famous because of his YouTube channel than any of the bands he's ever played with have been their entire career. It's crazy. So you're again, right. I'm not, I'm not, for the record, I'm not putting down Ola England. No, no. But Might not be the world's biggest fan of him, but I totally respect what he's done. And I realize how he, hard he's having grown a YouTube on channel me. is. But. At first, I thought he was kind of annoying. When when his YouTube channel was more, was more him just like literally plugging in pedals and going, Dun 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 dun. Oh, dun dun dun. Wow. Dun dun dun. Oh, dun 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 dun. Like then I I just, I couldn't stand him. I found him annoying. Um, since he's let some of his personality come out, like he actually seems like he's a cool dude. 
But like, you know, when I when I used to when I first found his YouTube channel, it was literally him just like chugging an open string, like making noises like, oh, ooh, ah, like so I, I didn't like it. But but I, I think, you know, your to your what you originally asked about was social media has kind of leveled the playing field in terms of guy like you said, guys that had played in some of these bands are now more famous for their social media. Like even even someone like uh, uh, the guy from um, what's his name? Oh, I'm drawing. Oh, what is his name? It's the guy from. Um, I'm bro- oh my god! I'm having a complete and utter brain fart. I can see him. I can picture his YouTube channel. He is in. Um, through the fire and the flames. Oh 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 Dragon oh, Force. Oh, oh. Um, yeah. The, the, um, what um, is his yeah, name? Yeah. Oh, I'm drawing. Oh my god! I can see him. Uh, it's Herman Herman, Herman Lee. Lee. Herman Lee. Yeah, you're right. His YouTube Dude, channel is like, massive. I, I was never a Dragon Force fan. I can't tell you how much I respect that guy. Oh yeah, for yeah, what yeah. he's done. And, and and I wouldn't look. Fifteen years ago, I would have said I respect them as musicians, but that's it. Dude, I have so much respect for Herman Lee. Like what he did, uh, what he did for Jason Becker. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know. Like and he's a super hum- super humble guy for what what he does. Like, dude, like what an incredible, incredible dude. You know what? Actually, what's funny is I'll give you a, I'll give you a. a um, again, I, I know we mentioned wrestling earlier, but I'll give you an interesting one about wrestling that I just found out about like two days ago. There is a wrestler that I met about twenty years ago. That when I list the names of met, I've not met met many many wrestlers like a handful. If I were to list for you the small handful of wrestlers that I have met, out of the list, the one that most people would go, who is that? And even if they, and if they knew who he would, would be like, so what? Has one of the best YouTube channels for wrestling I've ever seen in my life. There was a wrestler, his name was Maven. He wrestled for four years in the early 2000s. The only reason he was in the WWE, because he won that Tough Enough show. He won the Tough Enough show and got put on WWE for a couple of years. Dude, the guy is the best wrestling YouTube channel I've ever seen. It's absolutely incredible. And I'm willing to guarantee you he is probably now more famous than he ever was in his career. But Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I would actually recommend anybody who has any interest in wrestling at all watch his show. Like, he's awesome. But I'm, I'm I'm looking on to see how many followers he has. But what I was saying about um, Herman Lee, though, he has two hundred thousand subscribers, but his channel's new. But what I was saying, like, about, dude, he did not have two hundred thousand fans before. But what I was saying about Herman Lee, though, was that you know Dragon Force is big, but I know his YouTube channel dude, is massive. He's way bigger than dude. And, and I think let's be and, fair. and there's a lot of guys I think that have been have broken out of that. Meaning, their social media presence between TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, everything else has made them bigger than their bands now. I think well, that, I well, think- Dragon Force is an interesting one because Dragon Force is only famous for one reason. Well, I know they're famous for Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero is why they're famous. Yeah, but and I mean I, dude, that that is unfair to them because, albeit I'm not a huge fan, they are a lot bigger. They are a better band than you're the Guitar Hero band. That's what they they were the guitar hero, right? But band. I mean, like they're they're big in the I know big in the metal world. They have a lot of crossover fans, meaning like the, not just metalheads listen to them. Um, 
But like I said, though, the, the Guitar Hero thing skyrocketed. Yeah, there. no, I know it. That, but, that, but that's why they went from no, a nobody to a household name. And I'm not being a jerk. That's just the truth. But Herman, um, you know, Herman Lee's YouTube channel. So like when you're talking, when you're yeah, again bringing it back to what we originally asked in in terms of music is, um, you know, I think I think that we don't. I I think that social media has kind of been. Uh, I you what you asked me originally was do you think social media has calmed it down and I think that that breaking that kayfabe breaking that you know that raising the curtain so to speak and making everybody seem like normal people has or you know has has kind of done that because I don't think there are I, I who who in the metal world recent and I'm not talking about bands that have been around for 20 years but bands that are coming out now, who in the metal world is going to be the next rock star? And again, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about Taylor Swift. I'm not talking about. I think. I mean, I, I think we we've talked about this. Yeah. I think Slipknot is the most current band, the most recent band, to ever reach that level. I think Lamb of God I, is close, but they're not. But in Lamb of God's not even a headliner. Yeah. They, they they're, they're, open for they're not a headliner on 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 uh, on arena shows. They're not. They are they are they play they are the you know, the number one supporting act, but the biggest shows they're playing, they're playing as an opener. But you know, I mean co-headliner at best, but still like they're opening and, for Megadeth. And they I'm opened and by the way, I'm not putting down Lamb of God. Quote Everybody knows I'm not a big fan. I don't like their music, but I respect them as a band. Don't take it that way. What I'm saying is Lamb of God's not that big. So that's what in, I, in the metal world they're huge. Don't get so me wrong. That's what I mean though. It's got to be metal. So like that's I'm I'm not saying Slipknot again, probably, I'm, I'm not saying alternative rock. I'm not saying do you, you know which Well, no, actually actually okay. Let me say this. I think Slipknot is the last mega band actually actually they've technically been around longer but really not on the map longer they've Imani been around Marth 25 years no 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 even though they've been around longer than Slipknot technically Imani Marth is probably as close as we're going to get but they're even they're, they're opening now. though no i know i mean so okay Ghost is huge, but even Ghost isn't that huge. Dude, I have tickets to see Amani Marth. They're playing in a small club. <laughs> right. What I'm saying is Amani Marth is pretty big. Ghost, but even Ghost isn't that Ghost, Ghost is, Ghost is playing arenas, but then but then I'm gonna push it back and say it's arguable if they're metal. And certainly right. they're later albums. Can I you know what? Okay. Can I tell you the best example I can give you? That I don't know if they count. What is the biggest band in metal to come out in the last 20 some odd years, right? They're Slipknot. I think the only one that is maybe arguably bigger than Slipknot is Disturbed, and I don't know if they count. Yeah. Disturbed is huge. They're huge, huge, huge. And they make buttloads of money but they've been around for a lot they've been around i think uh as as long as slipknot yeah g g roughly i think i think they're 
I, um, I remember that like Down with the Sickness came out when we were still on the we were still on the right. Radio. It was like it was. I, I think Slipknot beat him by a year or two, but still. But the thing about the thing about Disturbed is they're bigger outside of metal. And well, because they do, they do, they don't do. That, they're not. They don't do aggressive metal. They do like well, right, and radio and, hook metal. Dude, people can tell me I'm full of crap, but I've heard more about Disturbed since that Sound of Silence came out yeah. than I ever heard about Disturbed before Sound of well, Silence. Came that, out. I mean, that, I mean, there's a lot of bands that made cover cover which, songs yeah, made but, their yeah, but, careers. I mean, I mean, yeah, but it was they got YouTube famous. But that cover became YouTube famous. But that's but and, that's, and again, I'm not I'm not putting them down. I don't I'm not a fan of Disturbed. But I'm not putting but them. That's down. That's what I'm trying to say. But, but that's but but that's what I'm trying to say is like, you know, I don't think there's very many rock stars anymore. And I mean, bottom line is rock music in general is not anywhere. I I the, think you know the past D- 15, 20 years. Yeah, the past 15, 20 years, I think rock music in general, well, but even Dave Grohl's been around since the early 90s, if you count Nirvana. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I I think that, I think rock music in general has just fallen out of favor. And then when you have a subgenre, a small subgenre of rock music, think how much that's fallen out of favor. So, you know. Will there ever be another Metallica? No, I don't think Maybe there will. Maybe I'm proven wrong, but my answer is no. No, I don't think there ever will be another Metallica. And well, no, you know what? I take that back because everything's everything's cyclical. Meaning, you know, I think I think that that's not it's not entirely impossible there's another Metallica. I think in the near future it's impossible. Because well, let me, and- I mean I mean look look at look at how the world works. You know, pop music is popular right now. Um and and you know, maybe rock music will you know because a lot of the pop stars now are trying to emulate rock music like you have Demi Lovato pulled in Nita Strauss and she did like a punk rock album you had Machine Gun Kelly did like a pop punk album and you know a lot I think uh, I think I read some one of those other famous musicians now wants to do like a pop punk album and stuff and you had bands and again i'm not saying this has anything to do with metal but you know you had bands like blink you know in the early 90s you had bands like blink 182 were massive bands like all those pop punk bands are massive i mean the bottom line is you know even slipknot compared to a lot of those other bands are still is still a very small band well Um, i mean because look look like like nobody is bigger than taylor swift no there's not an artist I, i don't think there's a Pop stars well, no, no, are no, no, always no. going to be smaller is, than than. I don't. I don't think there's an artist bigger, bigger than Taylor Swift, but the closest in heavy music you'll have is is Metallica. Clearly, right? Metallica, but the, they're the exception to every rule. Metallica has always been the exception to every rule, and they always will be. Um, yeah, I mean, after Metallica, name another band that metalheads like. And I mean, in I mean, like, real. I don't want to use the term real metalheads, but. Guys that I don't know how to describe it. You name another band what? that that you're gonna find in an old school metalheads collection that is the caliber of Metallica. Um, that, that that will also have people that just saw Taylor Swift yesterday at their show. Right. Uh, can we be fair? Yeah. No. And that's people true. Will, people that go to see Taylor Swift will go see Metallica as well. And I don't look. And everybody. I'm not saying you're not gonna go see Taylor Swift and then go see Slipknot because. You know, there's always cross like um, what's her name? Fernanda from Crypta went to a Beyonce concert and people were criticizing her for it. People were yeah, slamming well, her for it. I don't care. Like, I've, I've, I, I always hate a female the- musician who idolizes 
one of the most successful female I, I, performers I don't, of all time. I, I don't like, care, cool. you know. The, the, you know, in my opinion, I it's think Beyonce stupid. sucks, but I don't care that she. I likes think it's her. stupid to think that you're only allowed to listen to one genre of music. Well, but, and we've talked about that. But I know. But I'm saying, like, but but my point is, so you know, we're not saying that you can't go see Taylor Swift and can't go see Slipknot. That's not what we're saying. We're not trying to do that. But we're saying, on average, you, if you were if you were to poll everybody walking into Taylor Swift a probably single digit percentage of them would go see Slipknot. You know what I mean? Or would be interested in seeing Slipknot or in some cases maybe are even familiar with who they are. Um, so, you know, but that that's, I think, going back to the root of what we were talking about was in terms of like fame and all that other stuff. I think what you're going to have is. I don't think that since there's no more rock stars, people aren't on that like plateau. Like you, we used to see pictures in magazines of Dimebag and James James Hetfield and and Ozzy, and they would they would feel so separated from us. But now people who are we can interact with some of these people online, like people whom I, mean, I never thought. You know, people have liked my my responses. The people have responded to me. People have talked you know v, you know i'm talking commented so i don't mean like i have conversations but you can interact with they, they seem reachable they seem like they're not so far away they're not so far removed like if Dimebag was alive today he'd probably be a huge social media user he'd probably be making youtube videos like crazy i mean like the whole point of vulgar video he'd be making youtube videos he'd be you know, he'd be doing TikTok. I guarantee he'd be doing TikTok. You know, like guy, he was he was one of those guys that loved having a camera in his hand, loved doing funny, stupid crap, filming it and putting it out for everybody to see. He was a guy who loved interacting with his fans. So he'd probably be a massive social media user. Um, and 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 I think that again, like that makes people seem more approachable. But when they're more approachable, they're not so elevate they don't seem so out of your you know like they don't seem so far away anymore and i think you know when people used to look at rock stars they put them on this pedestal of terms of like oh you know like oh you can't even get near ozzy oh, unless you you know you're famous oh you can't even get near james hetfield unless you're you know know somebody or something like that but then with these new bands coming out Half the time, they're building their career on interacting with fans on social media, on posting Instagram, on posting and, and giving you views into their life. Like I said, with Corpse Grinder, he seems more what I thought of Corpse Grinder, even after we met him versus what I think of him now. And, and neither is bad. It's it's completely different. You know what I mean? Like, I thought of Corpse Grinder as a dude in a band and he's like, you know, live like and and. You know he's he's partying and having fun and everything. But now I see like, oh, he probably just sits on the tour bus and watches silly YouTube videos or researches well, Legos or builds Legos or whatever, and then goes home and spends time with his family. Like he's he's well, he is the most suburban dad in the world. Um, but he's then touring with a one of the most um, what's the word I'm looking for? One of the most uh famous death metal or one of the most infamous death metal bands in the world so, you know, so i'll ask i'll ask one more question one more part of this and then, then we, we do need to get out of here is the fact that let's say 1985 whatever early 80s right everybody's favorite metal bands judas priest dio scorpions metallic whatever <laughs> Right. It's funny you mentioned Judas Priest because 
another and I don't and I'll let you I'll let you I'll let you get back. I just wanted to mention well, this. I mean, in 1985 and 1995, you would not have seen pictures of Rob Halford standing in his bedroom wearing assless chaps and a leather vest in and a 2000 shirt that says I love cats. Yeah. Yeah. In 2025, that's like every day he posts that stuff. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like you wouldn't. you wouldn't see that. He wouldn't feel the he wouldn't feel the freedom to say that. And and it takes a special connection with trusting your fans to say, "Yeah, I'm going to post a picture of my bare ass on on Instagram and no one's going to be you wouldn't do that like on in a, for a magazine. You know what I mean? And and people will see it and now and be like, "Oh, Rob." <laughs> you know, like there's Rob posting a picture of his ass again. Versus, you know, people in a magazine would have been like, what the hell? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I didn't, okay, I didn't so, buy Metal Hammer this month to look at Rob Halford's ass. You know so I mean? let me let me, let me, me just ask you, here's my last question, and maybe this matters, maybe this doesn't. Again, put yourself back in the 80s, right? If And, and again, I'm, I'm taking, I'm not talking the MTV bands. I'm not talking the hair bands. I'm not talking that. I'm saying... The metal bands that you would have been into, right? Your Iron Maidens, your your Judas Priest, Scorpions was big. Maybe early Def Leppard, whatever. Any of those bands, they were current at the time, and that was like what people, what metal people really loved. Yeah, dude, there were bands that have been around since the seventies, but those were like the, and even some of those had been around since the seventies. But the point is, like, they were in, they were huge at that time. They were current and huge by today's standards. Whatever, whatever bands are out there that metalheads are really huge into. I'm wondering, does the fact that bands can't make a nickel anymore have anything to do with it? Does it matter that bands you loved used to make a ton of money and drive Ferraris? We're now big bands now because they can't make any money on tour and they don't make any money off of album sales. You see your favorite band and they don't even have a tour bus, they're in a van. Does that matter? Yeah, well, you know, I think that there is a... And it sounds like you're being a jerk, but... No, I think that there is it, it a kind of changes it, right? Yeah, I think that there is a a a, a, a in a, a kernel of truth to that in terms of that that's why rock stars used to seem so obtain on a uh, on a you know unavailable whatever because they were always that was part of the image you know that was part of the whole like I'm rich and famous where a lot of the guys well because they were <laughs> well, but what what else is interesting is if you ever read about some of that stuff like I read recently. That a lot of times for you remember that show MTV Cribs, yep. A lot of times, people on that show would actually rent houses, yeah, and have them staged because their regular houses just were not that interesting, like because they were normal houses. So they would literally say, "Here's my five Ferraris," and four, if not all five of them, were rental cars, and. Because they wanted to portray this lifestyle, and a lot of those guys and girls in those bands, they they took a picture laying on a Ferrari, and that wasn't their Ferrari. That was they they handed the keys to whomever they borrowed it from or rented it from after the photo shoot was over, and drove home their, you know, maybe it was a nice car, maybe it was a BMW or Mercedes, but it wasn't a Ferrari, you know, and and that's that's the thing now. Because that veil has been lifted, it's harder for bands to like portray this image because you can't it's it's not sustainable to constantly be posting this stuff on social media 
because before it would be like, oh, we're doing a layout for a magazine, so I'm going to get all these expensive cars, and I'm going to surround myself with, you know, Playboy models all sitting around my pool and pretend like it's a regular Tuesday, when in actuality, a regular Tuesday is they drive their Mercedes to McDonald's, get some pancakes, come home, and then sit on the couch and watch Prices Right at 11 o'clock. You well, know what I mean? It, like, it also matters, too, that in even as even mid 90s mid tier bands could make a really good living well yeah in the 90s like i mean and when i say mid tier I, I i that that sounds like i'm being insulting i'm not i'm saying take the metallicas out of the equation talk about just loads of bands in the '90s, like bands like Overkill, a, for instance. I, I was actually—it's funny you said Overkill. I was gonna, now Overkill probably gets paid well or Metal now Church or whomever because because of their legacy, right? Because they've been around that long. But if a band today who is current, you know, if a band today that's been out for two or three years is at the same level of fame as Overkill was five years into their career, this band is not making a lot of money. Oh no, they're not. They're they're like they're probably not living off of the band. Well, now, because again, I look. I have no idea how much Overkill makes. It's, well, it's because I mean, point. it's it's there's a lot it's of a, factors. it's a good example though. There's a lot of factors because well, because they can't make money on tour and they can't make money selling records. Well, that's the thing. Like you can't you can't sell records because nobody buys record. I, I mean, a lot of metalheads buy records, but I'm saying I mean, not clubs, you. You don't need to clubs, anymore. Clubs take all their money from merch. Yeah, clubs take forty, and that's a thing. And and that we've and we've talked about this before too. When you're selling a T-shirt and you're losing forty percent of the cost of the shirt um, to the club, well, you've got to mark it up. What's the problem with marking up? People go to your show and they're like, "Oh, I want to buy a T-shirt. Forty bucks? Yeah, right. Never mind." And they walk away. But the problem and, is, and- if you sell it for twenty. Instead of making four bucks a shirt, you're making two bucks a shirt, and at that point, it's not even worth getting them, giving them, getting them printed. You know what I mean? Well, and it's like it's like you have to you have to sell records to have enough money to be able to go out on tour, so that you can tour to support your album sales. Like it's a there's a symbiotic relationship between touring and album sales. And that's the thing is, and people don't and buy, it, and because people aren't required to buy albums anymore, you have. A lot of people, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this at all, you have a lot of people who are just like, oh, great, I have Apple Music or Spotify, and that new album came out, add to catalog, now I'm going to listen to it 10 times or two times or however many times, and then be done with it. And the problem is, you listen to it two times, you know what the band gets paid for that? Like point oh 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 one cent. Right. Well, I mean, come on, it was... um. Desmond Child a couple years ago said he made like it was off of the song "Living on a Prayer," which he wrote. I mean, come on, let's be fair. One of the biggest, the biggest songs, songs of all time. One of the biggest songs of all time. Certainly, like rock songs of all time. You can't, you cannot play that anywhere, anywhere, and not have most of the people in the room or crowd or whatever go, "Whoa, we're halfway there." Here we go. You know. Here we go. I'll find the article. In 20, hold on, let me find where he said it. In 2019, put this into compare. Now, mind you, this was 2019. It's worse now, right? Imagine this. Living on a prayer. Again, think of the biggest songs of all time. Got half 
a billion streams. He was paid $6,000. Living on a prayer earned him $6,000 in 2019. Yeah, just imagine half a, a billion. Half a, so, I mean, a song that is as popular now as it was then. Dude, could you imagine you write a song that is as big as living on a prayer and you can't even live off of it? Like, you can't even pay your rent in your apartment from a song as big as living on a prayer. I mean, that's crazy. Like, it's crazy. And, and, and that's, and that, not only that, you know. It's why all the bands who sell out big places are legacy bands. Well, and that's it's a band like like an Iron Maiden can play there because they've been around long enough. They have enough of a foundation. God, I mean, I know we've talked about this ad nauseum, but the point is like it's it would be so hard for a band to ever cross that. And and that's why again, I think I think no. Well, hey, look, Kings X, dude. I know they don't make a lot of money. I know they don't make much money at all. They're not dude, those those. I worship that band like from a musical perspective. I'm such a huge fan of theirs. And I know, dude, they've never been famous. They've never been big. They've never made they've never made any money. And I mean, you you would think like the money thing shouldn't matter, right? But things cost it, money it just, is the bottom line. It, it breaks that barrier, though. You know, when you when your favorite band, you know, lives in the hills and porks Heather Locklear, that is, or whatever. I don't even know if you'd want a porker now. But my point is, um, like the your when your favorite band lives in the hills and porks Heather Locklear. That is very different than your favorite band tours in a van and and lives in a know, neighborhood just like yours. Li- lives in a neighborhood and works at the gas station or whatever. You know, and, you know and that's that, and that's silly, what I mean. But- and the the thing is too, like, and that's what I mean. So I think that you know, I I think that you know, first of all, like I said, there's no more rock stars, and second, even yes, did some did some of the guys who I mean, look, Steven Tyler used to say all the time that after he snorted all his money, he was sleeping on people's couches and stuff. Like, he wasn't always living in a mansion and, and you know, living the rock star life. And by the time he finally, you know, luckily later on in their career, they got big again and he got his, like, head together and figured out, like, oh, I can't snort my, I can't snort every royalty check I get. And, you know, now he, you know, that's the thing. And a lot of times, too, rock stars didn't figure out until it was too late that, you know, they need to invest and save their money. They just spent, 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 spent. That's, I mean, that's how MC Hammer, for instance, again, he had another Lost one of everything. the biggest songs in the world. Can't Touch Us was massive, and right. he went broke. I mean, he first of all, he didn't factor in the fact that he was going to have to pay crap loads of money for the fact that he didn't get permission to rip to rip off Rick James. So right out of the gate, he didn't factor in the fact that he was going to lose half his money just for that. Well, but then, you know, but then he, the for, you know, then he spent like an idiot. He spent like an idiot. He bought like twenty million dollar houses. Oh, and that's and you know, it's the same people that he was friends with, and he just and it's yeah, the same. An it's the same thing that happens to lottery winners. They just think, oh, there's you know, the the money train's never going to stop. I'm going to have twenty million dollars coming in every year for the rest of my life, and then they realize. Oh, the next album didn't sell as good. Oh, the next album didn't sell as good. Oh, and then next thing you know, they're you know they're selling off all their assets. But you know now it's even well, harder I mean, like to Billy get. Billy Corgan, yeah, I, I read an interview with Billy Corgan. Actually, it was I think it was on the Howard Stern show. Um, uh, who, by the way, Howard Stern has become like the best interviewer. He does great interview. Like he's not who he used to be. Now he's just like um, when you see videos of people on the Howard Stern show, they're a really good videos and b 
the best produced live performances you can find. It's crazy. But I remember Billy Corgan saying, like, at one point in time in, in the 90s, you know, after I think it was after Siamese Dream or whatever, that he went into a Ferrari dealership and paid cash for a Ferrari. He, like, went in with a duffel bag full of money, set it down on the counter, and drove away a Ferrari. Like, he was talking about, like, what an idiot he was in those days. And I'm saying he's probably still very wealthy, but, dude, he ain't. Melancholy was his last big record. Melancholy and Infinite Sadness was his last album anybody knows the name of. And I love, I love 90s Smashing Pumpkins. From Gish all the way through Melancholy. I love every one of those albums. And, dude, he's not. And especially now with, with album royalties being so little. I mean, if the music industry now was still the way it was in 1995, that guy would still be making buttloads of money every time. He, every, you know, he would wake up to a million bucks every day of the week just because of yeah. all the royalties he would still be getting off of Siamese. 1979 trains. and Bullet with Butterfly Wings are not getting half a billion streams a year. No. And even if they were, he would make five grand off of it. Yeah. You know, he even, I mean, and, and, 1979 and and which was huge um and and a couple of tracks off of Siamese Dream were 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 legitimately huge um but yeah man i mean and i dude i don't know what his finances are like that's not my point i just mean he's not making he's he's not making what he would be making if the music industry was still the way it was 30 years ago, he would but, still be making a buttload of money. And, and I say this because if Desmond Child only made six grand off of living on a prayer, I don't know, I don't know who's making that much money off of it anymore. But my, and, you know, and again, no disrespect to Billy Corgan, huge Smashing Pumpkins fan. But going going back to like what started this all though is, you know, again, not not talking about how much rock stars you know make and stuff. It's more that again, I feel like it makes, I feel like social media. And the fact that, you know, rock stars aren't, you know, people people who start bands now aren't making as much money. I think, again, it's it's brought them down a little bit. And and I'm not saying this to be, be a dick. I'm saying, like, they don't seem like gods on earth anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's 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 what I was getting at. Well, and you know, interestingly, I, I was mentioning that wrestling um, YouTube channel with Maven. He even brings up a point about wrestling. He said... When he was a wrestler, and he, by the way, this is interesting. I, I, I'm going to throw this out. What I, one of the cool things that Maven does on his channel, he does an entire episode about how wrestlers were paid, and he actually shows you exactly how much money he was paid during his career. It says how much he was he was paid every year, what he was paid for individual things, how much total he was paid. It's very interesting. But he says there were two ways that he made most of his money came from two things that don't exist anymore. DVD sales and pay-per-views. They don't exist anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I only I make this I make this example because you know, he was like, yeah, I, he still gets he's like he gets quarterly checks in the mail. He's like, but they're 200 bucks now. They used to be 20 grand. Just from, you know. So it's like and I again, I hate talking about wrestling, but wrestlers are also guys who are on tour constantly living off of off of ticket sales living off of merchandise sales there's all of that sort of stuff that goes into it and you know and I'm not saying wrestlers aren't paid well I'm saying 
two massive ways that wrestlers used to make a ton of money, even early 2000s that they made a ton of money, don't exist anymore. Well, the whole um, the, the interesting thing is the whole strike from Hollywood, you know, it was not only about AI, but it was also about streaming. It was also about yeah. streaming royalties and stuff in terms of, you know, a lot of the writers and even actors, box office isn't what it used to be. You know, well, like so again they again you have industries that punish you for wanting to cooperate. You have you have movie theaters that are like, well, if you want to uh, if you're going to if you want to come see one of our movies, we're going to we're going to make sure we bend you over and slam it as hard as we can into your back end by charging you way too much and making it a horrible experience. Well, Instead of rewarding you to go see a movie, they punish you for it. Well, and, that's, and all they do is give you less reason to go to a movie theater. Well, and, like, that, dude, and again, I hate to keep talking about wrestling, but there's that new movie that's out uh, about the Von Erichs that I really can't wait to see, but that it'll be a cold day in hell before I go to a movie theater. My, you know, but again, like it's it's about like ticket, you know, that we were just talking about ticket sales to to, to concerts, and we understand it costs a lot of money to tour, it costs a lot of money to you know everything, and it's you know going to see a concert just used to be oh my favorite band is coming in town I'm going to go see them now it's almost an event it's like going to Disney you know what I mean it's like you know, it used to be like, oh, cool, Pantera's in town. I'll spend 20 bucks, you know, no problem. Now it's like, oh, cool, Pantera's in town. Uh, 120 bucks, and you're sitting in the crappy seats. Yeah, it's great. You know, and I understand. I'm not criticizing them for charging that, but it's like, again, it used to be, hey, buddy, you want to go see Pantera? Yeah, yeah, I heard they're going to be in town. Now it's like, all right, well, let me think about this. Um, if I Again, if I if I eat at home, if I eat lunch at home for the next two weeks, and if I bank that money away, you know, it, it's like I said, it's like taking were, I'll, it's I'll like taking it a trip now. I worked I worked at, you know, I was a line cook at a Perkins, and when I was in high school, again, take Taylor Swift out of the equation, take the take. In other words, it, at that time, you have to take. Bruce Springsteen and U2 out of the equation because their tickets were going for a million dollars back then. Maybe the Eagles. Like, okay, Michael Jackson, fine. Take those handful of megastars out of the equation. At no point in time in high school did I ever say, I want to go see this band in concert and I can't afford a ticket. Never once. I'm aware inflation, it's going to cost more than it was then. But relative to it, I I never didn't go to a concert because of the ticket price. Look, inflation prices were inf- were always affordable. Inflation had did not cause a ticket to go from twenty dollars in nineteen ninety eight to a hundred and twenty dollars in twenty twenty four. Right. Again, it was never. You can't just blame t- inflation. Buying a ticket was never something in our day that you had to save up for six months and skip your rent, not eat, and you know, have to have to sell something to be able. It never happened. You know, I, I mean. And anyway, I, this is all this is all weird stuff. All going into autographs, but yeah, it's 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 interesting how it is how all of this stuff has really brought down, um, brought down the uh, the allure or whatever word you want to use of yeah. I mean, I just bands. It's it's interesting. I just don't. Again, I think I think a lot of people view bands now as normal people. Like they used to be rock stars, I think that now it's yeah, just but, well. I mean, when we were kids in the '90s, every we thought every band we liked was a rock star. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, dude, bands, lower tier bands, we thought were rock stars. Like, we thought if you had an album out in stores, you were huge. Yeah, and we you know weren't I mean? stupid enough to think that they were again driving Ferraris. 
or anything no, dude, like, like that. Like, but like, we thought, oh, you know, they're they're they're. You know, like I was a huge I was a huge Ice Earth fan in the '90s. I had no idea those guys didn't have two nickels to rub together. You know, I didn't realize that. You know, uh, these were guys that were. You know that were getting dropped scraping. off on the bus and getting a check for six dollars and thirty-five cents. I'm serious. Well, that, yeah, that's funny. that's a funny story. Uh, even though I looked it up later and I think it was like three hundred, but still, six dollars and thirty-five cents. It's uh, yeah, because I mean, look, Derek Roddy getting home for. Well, dude, look at actually, you know, I I said that about Derek Roddy when he got uh, when um, he got off tour with um, with Hate Eternal, but dude, Hate Eternal tours in a minivan. That Eric Rutan owned and converted into and converted so that people can sleep in it. You know, it's a it's a flipping van, and he said he only is able to use it because he he bought it outright, and they, he drives it himself. You know, like dude, it's just it's. I mean, I man, and it, we used. I mean, it, we thought that every band we ever liked had some mega tour buzz, and in fairness, a lot of mid tier bands did. Yeah, now you, now Have they like, won't pay for them. Labels won't pay for them anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Remember what happened well, to Crypta? I mean, Crypta had an RV yeah. and they they got screwed because of a, of a mean, natural disaster. Pantera's first tour was in an RV, but that didn't last very long. <coughs> now Pantera got very big. I get it. But it's funny though because <laughs> if you watch Video Three, Dimebag lived in a normal neighborhood. Like he, he did not live in some like mansion. And, and that's the thing, like, you, you think of somebody like the caliber of Dimebag with all the endorsements he had, with all of the, like, magazines he was in and everything else. I'm sure he lived in a nice neighborhood, but they show him, like, outside of his house and stuff like that, and it's it's a normal house. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it, it's, it's not like a, oh, here's, like, you know, again, it's not like a, here's my fountain, here's my, like, five pickup trucks. Here's my two Ferraris. Here's my six car garage. It was literally just like, yeah, there's the porch. Here's my living room. Here's my toilet. Here's my basement, which looks pretty cool. And uh, yeah, uh, don't let the door hitch in the ass on the way out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and and here's the guy who is the most famous member of one of the most, one of the biggest and most influential heavy metal bands. Of the last thirty plus years, and I'm not making fun of him. No, I'm not either. It's, and, you know, it's, it's just and he an did have like probably what's bigger than an average house, but it wasn't a mansion, dude. Again, he wasn't living in the hills and porking Heather Locklear. Yeah, he wasn't living he was in Beverly Hills, crew. and you know he was he didn't have like a gate with dime bag written across the front of it. It was it's a house you could to this day probably drive right up to if you really wanted. I mean, let's to. be fair. In 1995, he wasn't making rapper money. Yeah, he wasn't making. He wasn't making Tupac or whatever. I don't get it. And, and as I said, apparently, according to what I hear, rappers weren't even making rapper money. So, well, they probably weren't either. But they were. You know, they well, were but that's the thing too. Money. You have to realize metal. I think too. I think a lot of that whole status crap went out with glam metal. Like I think a lot. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, that was one of the things that that was. I mean, that was part in, of why Nirvana and a lot of those bands appealed to people because. Well, actually, no. Actually, this goes into all of this, right? One of the reasons why grunge music appealed to people so much was they said, "I can't relate to Motley Crue, but I can relate to Kurt Cobain." Yeah, I can relate to a guy who looks like a normal dude. I can't relate to people that look larger than life. 
let's be fair, that still is kind of the case. Like, I mean, it, it's a, in a completely different way, but the 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 big musicians we like now stopped being larger than life. Most of them did. Now it's you know whether by choice or not. That's you know, yeah, doesn't matter. But it's I mean, again, they're not making they're not making the seven figures all the you know they're just not and if they are if they go out on tour and make seven figures they're not dumb enough to think they're going to do it again next year with the exception of the you know again not talking about metallica not talking about guns and roses on tour not what i mean um you know i mean look at the biggest metal bands of the last 20 years right um uh black dahlia murder where's a great example right they are one of the most popular and loved metal bands of the last 20 years. Admittedly, not a big fan. I did see them live like 20 years ago. Liked them live. Not a huge fan. Doesn't take my... It's just a stylistic thing. I, I, whatever. Black Dahlia Murder. You, you're going to tell me those guys are making seven figures? Oh, no. You're going to tell me those guys are driving Ferraris? and uh, You're going to tell me those guys are living in the hills and porking Heather Locklear? <laughs> Uh, well, Trevor did have did, – didn't his old lady, like, get naked on OnlyFans or something? I, yes, I don't know. she did. But he, but he was dating all, all I'm saying is, All I'm saying is they are, they are as big of a – arguably, right? I mean, in, in the world of, like, not radio rock, not your disturbs, in the world of, like, what you would call – I hate – I'm not saying real metal like the other stuff isn't. But the non-radio rock metal, they're huge. Black Dahlia Murder is huge, and they were huge long before Trevor died. Um and and they're I mean come on, I, again I don't know about their finances, dude. I don't. You prove me wrong. I, I I just know that bands like that in the eighties and nineties would have been making exponentially more money solely because of the challenges of touring and the inability to make money off of records. I mean it just it sucks. But again, yeah, that does. And again, hey, if you go back to Nirvana, it was kind of by design that it took out the they're a rock star out of the equation. Now, of course, in the 90s, a lot of those bands still were. But now, again, not on purpose. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Interesting when you, you – the amount of money someone makes shouldn't change your opinion of them. But it does make someone who – you know what? I'll put it this way. It makes them more relatable because you realize they live in the same world you do. Meeting the guys in Cannibal Corpse, you realize they live in the same world you do. They also shop at Target. It's not like Paris Hilton who famously said, Walmart, what's a Walmart? Do they sell walls there? And she wasn't, she meant it because she had never been there. Do you know what I mean? It's it's easier to relate to someone who's been inside a Walmart before than someone who's you know who lives in Beverly Hills and Porks. <laughs> I don't know that's the best example I have, but it is a little different. When they might have a lot more money than you, they might, and they might be more famous, but they still live in the same world. They don't live on a private island or whatever. They're not you know they're not Johnny Depp or some like mega celebrity who doesn't know what normal life is like anymore. Metallica has no idea what normal life is like anymore. They don't live they haven't lived like 
an average person since the mid eighties. Um, so that, that, that helps too. Anyway, I don't know, man, this is a long rant and, um, it's probably about time we, we, uh, get out of here. Um, either way, a uh, completely unplanned conversation as usual, like our show likes to do, but Hey, it's the beginning of the year. No new, re- nothing has come out yet. We'll, we'll start talking about, you know, we'll start talking about some specifics maybe as the year goes on. Either way, it's just fun to be back and have a, um, even if a, a completely goofy, um, conversation. Um, but Hey, lots to talk about this year. I know I've got tickets lined up for five different shows. I know there's some on the horizon that you're going to and want to want to go to and are considering. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that as we go on. We have lots to do this year. Uh, cause you know, it's a new year. So new me <laughs> idiots. <laughs> I hate people. I just hate people. Anyway. Uh, so don't forget, find us on Facebook and Instagram at the heavy metal hangover. Get a hold of us. Let us know if you got any listener picks. We did get a listener pick submitted. Uh, Rex, I sent it to you. Not sure if you had a chance to listen to it. If not, make sure you uh, check that out. And I will. I will. I'll oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I was busy. Yeah, I forgot. No, no, no. It's cool. I need to give it a better listen. I only listened to the first two tracks. Um, mainly because I knew you were busy and I knew that you hadn't listened to it yet. I put off listening to it more than the first two tracks only because I want it to be fresh in my mind when we talk about it. But... We do have a listener pick, and we might even have a chance to listen to it for next week. Um, hopefully, if that's the case. Uh, otherwise, get a hold of us. Let us know what's going on. We're having a lot of fun. Hope you are, too. In the meantime, my name is Dust. My name is Rex. And we'll see you again next week on another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. Congratulations for actually making it all the way through this episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. With your beer-guzzling, head-banging hosts, Rex and Dust.